0: Support our programming at Patreon.com slash RebelForceRadio. Become a patron and your contributions can help unlock bonus shows from RFR, online hangouts with the Rebel Force Radio crew, and more. Say it loud and say it proud. Support Rebel Force Radio. Click on the Patreon banner at RebelForceRadio.com or visit Patreon.com slash RebelForceRadio.
1: Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks, makers of all galactic goodness, like mini donuts, Star Crunch, Cosmic Cupcakes, Cosmic Brownies, Nutty Bars, and much more. Little Debbie, official snack of Rebel Force Radio and fans around the galaxy. Dorksidetoys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit Dorksidetoys.com. From Tops comes the all-new digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. For the first time ever, collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content from Star Wars Episode VII, The Force Awakens. All from the comfort of your mobile device. Star Wars Card Trader. These are the cards you're looking for. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the
2: fun begins.
3: All right, March 25th, 2016. Who wants to talk about Star Wars? Yay! Me. <laughs> That's what we do here on Rebel Force Radio. Great to be back with you. Glad you could be with us. What do we got going on this week? Oh, more Han Solo, young Han Solo news. Rumors are it's down to just a handful of potential candidates It's kind of funny, as they uh, are casting young Han Solo, they're casting old Indiana Jones. (laughs) We got that and uh, a whole lot more, including some uh, deleted scenes information that we have uh, by way of Entertainment Weekly. Uh, Some people have seen The Force Awakens deleted scenes. We'll uh, talk about that and a whole lot more here on rebel force radio and we've got a very special episode they're all special we like to think they are at least but this is uh, especially special and to tell you more about why it's so special is my good friend and yours from chicago jimmy mack hey jason hey star wars fans glad to be back talking the wars
0: once again uh I w- i'm fresh out of c2e2 big convention happening over the weekend we'll be telling you all about it later in the show um my son just returned from ireland he was out there with his uh, chorus group from school singing all over the country. And, of course, Ireland is where Star Wars Episode Seven: the end, was shot. And Star Wars Episode Eight. a lot of stuff is being shot there on the Emerald Isle. And uh, my son, God bless him, I, I gave him a green R2-D2 and I stuck a Shamrock sticker right on the front of it. And I said, this is Irish R2. Take him with you <laughs> and, and let him provide you luck as you yeah. uh, skip among the green fields of Ireland and the uh, rolling hills. And uh, so he he featured Irish R2 in a lot of photo uh, shots, a good great photo ops. So we'll be putting that up on our Facebook page. Also, he brought me back a souvenir. He went down to the... Uh, the, the southern west part of Ireland. Uh, he was based in Dublin, but they toured all over the country, and he went down to the uh, southwest point, not far from the uh, Grand Skellig, where uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, the final shot was shot there uh, at Skellig Michael. And Michael brought me back a Star Wars on Skellig t-shirt featuring... Um, a stormtrooper really? flanked by two penguins holding lightsabers. So I guess uh, uh they look like maybe they're not penguins. I I, you can't know, that tell. Is, I think that's the perfect intro for our guest.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I was just thinking if 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 uh if you'd have designed this shirt, that would have be been it. I think a <laughs> couple of penguins holding up a lightsaber what else was that <laughs>
4: Oh, uh, my God. Lazy. Are you going to introduce me or are you going to just have yeah, people? Yeah, I, I thought you know, Jimmy was, was going peng- to do it because oh, he's no, no, all no.
3: defensive. I'm not are a penguin. Re- <laughs> no, no, no. You're Bonnie Burton. We've got – yeah. Hey, give it up for Bonnie. Hey. Burton. Back with us here on Rebel Force Radio uh great to have bonnie with us it's thanks, been a thanks long for that
4: time. thanks for that real clap and not the john hughes slow clap i appreciate it
3: <laughs> oh no the john hughes <laughs> you No, know, the, the slow clap you'd have to do something really outstanding like like um you'd have to stand up for the nerdy girl
4: you know what i i or, almost you know, like when i got laid off from lucasfilm and they escorted me out of the building which is you know such a you know, respectable way to leave a company after 10 years, but I almost...
2: (laughs)
3: Escorted by security? Yeah. At least you made it
4: 10 years, Bonnie. You made it 10 years.
0: If it was me and Swank, the security would be escorting us out with the penguins on day one.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I kind of had wished they at least, like, got the 501st there so I could be escorted (laughs) out by, like... You know, my stormtroopers, you know. Like I was like, come on, at least make it memorable. that way. But instead, it was like these like 20s. It was like it wasn't even real security guards. I think they were like intern guards, and they yeah. like no, oh, yeah, right. they didn't the even worst. know who I like. They had no idea who I was or what I did. You no, know, uh, we
0: just, need the Golden Gate Garrison out there to drop the guillotine on your head.
4: Yeah, <laughs> right, right and there at the Yoda Fountain to the parking garage, which was unfortunate because I really wanted them to escort me out the front. Uh, where the yoda statue is because up in those offices are all the upper management and the lawyers and all that and i was i was so tempted like if they had done that i probably would have just like started taking off my clothes and like singing (laughs) singing, like i probably would have like stripped and then sang akmina's lyrics to the cantina song about like you know you you don't have to go home you can't stay here
2: you gotta
4: go home that kind of thing like was it like you, you? don't have to go home, but you can't stay at the cantina because the stormtroopers are totally, you know, C three PO blocking your beer. So you don't have
3: to go home, yeah. but you can't stay here. Yeah, <laughs> I
4: don't, I don't, I don't remember quite the lyrics, but they were something like that, right? Because you uh-huh. had to close on the cantina because, like, there was that that curfew crap. That's
3: right. That's right. The stormtroopers. And the So curfew.
4: I was, you know, if I had if I had known better, if I if I had known I was gonna get, you know the boot that day i would have planned like i probably would have pre-planned it i would have at least maybe i would have worn the job of the hut costume to work because <laughs> it would have been even more hilarious to be escorted out if i was dressed as job of the hut like i would have i want to see
3: i'd love to see video of that
4: there is video of me in the job of the hut costume dancing yes. in the often yes that's Same. on youtube but uh i that's moments
3: before the uh escorting out of the building no that was two
4: years before that (laughs) was actually not even two years i think it was like three or four years when uh, that's when it was still happy time bonnie i
0: remember that video very well and if you want to call it dancing god bless you
4: yeah, it was it was it was more of a jig. It was more of a. I mean, let's be honest. It was a dare. It but, wasn't really dare. But let's I face mean, it. it you
0: like, know, I mean, everyone is all the fangirls are doing videos and stuff. You were doing all that stuff before I the fan. Know. You were doing it before the fan boys were doing it.
4: I was doing videos even way before Lucasfilm and way before YouTube. I was doing videos for At Home Network on real video like do you remember real video oh yeah oh my and, gosh. uh yeah i was real doing video, I, I, did a, right. I did a show called real ask Player. bonnie and i put ask bonnie on youtube so you can find it there uh but i also did when i had bad hair days i would i made a sock puppet called at sock and so <laughs> he would be the host and then he became more popular than me so i was just like well screw it i'm cool with just being like you know the behind-the-scenes up-the-sock person, and so, but that was when Siffle and Ollie was big on MTV, and that Pets.com sock puppet dog was huge. So it was like, you know, I was just it was a there was a whole thing. With yeah, that. there was, was an audience
3: trend. for that.
0: Yeah, there was a
4: trend. There was a whole time in the '90s where sock puppet hosts were a thing. <laughs> and
0: then you were at <laughs> Lucasfilm for the better part of a decade.
4: Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I was there for ten years. I mean, it was. And I was, you know, it was fun. We were the first people to do webcams on the set, and we were the first people to do real transmedia and, uh, you know, Twitter stuff. And I think I was doing Twitter because everyone didn't think it was going to last. I think they just thought it was a fad. So they're like, yeah, Bonnie can do it. No one cares. (laughs) And uh, we got on a lot of best of lists and stuff. So once we started getting attention, it got yanked out of my hands. But, you know, I did it for most of the time I was there, and... It was fun. Like I was the community manager too. So I did you, I was the one that came up with the idea for user blogs. So you can have your own blog on starwars.com and um, it was a fun time. Like I don't regret anything that I did at Lucasfilm. It was, I learned a lot and I worked with some really talented, cool people. And for a time there was like kind of the golden age where we had a lot of fun and uh, had some good times. And just like any other company there, if you're long, if you're there long enough, bad stuff happens too, and backstabbing House of Cards stuff, but that's at that's <laughs> any company. I mean, I've been at It so is,
3: many- it absolutely at any place it, you go. It really, and- it's
4: it, I wish House of Cards had been on before I got laid off, because then I would have gotten some good ideas, but... <laughs> you know, you, you live and learn, and then you move on, and then, you know, I've got so many great stories of when I worked there that I, I could probably write a TV show. It'd be like It'd probably be like a cross between Portlandia and Broad City, but with a lot more droids.
3: But you wouldn't be able to actually make it Star Wars. You'd have to do kind of like what they did with uh, – what was the movie with –
4: Well, uh, it'd be like 30 Rock. Yeah, right, right, right. 30 right. Rock was completely about – SNL, time right. and SNL. I mean, that right. is – that writer's room joke about them all peeing in jars – <laughs> that really that really did happen. Like, if you read Bossy Pants, which is Tina Fey's memoirs,
2: yeah.
0: all
4: that stuff happened. I mean, a lot of that stuff happened. I just peed in I a jar two anything. minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing you know if you add glitter and an action <laughs> figure it's like a yellow snow globe <laughs> <laughs>
0: well sorry um, on
3: that note i think we should probably get into the show no you know um, we,
0: we are in the show because I, I want i want our listeners to know you know what bonnie's seen is i can't assume that everyone listening to the show knows your connection to star wars right off the oh deck. right
4: I mean, they're probably like what the hell did they like, that was like
3: 15 <laughs> years ago
0: wasn't they they probably they think think it wasn't that long like blackmail, ago blackmail blackmail that's why bonnie's on but of course of course, Bonnie, you wrote the Star Wars craft book among many other books. You know, there was a book you yeah. were there was a book you were working on and you you uh, interviewed me and Jason for it. it was a book about Star Wars fandom, Star
4: Wars Generations.
0: Yeah. Whatever it's happened funny. to
4: that? Uh, it's a book that myself and Pete Filmer, who's also he was an, um, an editor and writer at the time at Lucasfilm. Same time I was same division, Star dot com. And he was kind of like our uh, resident expert on collectibles and post he wrote the poster book with steve sansweet and sure he's done a lot of stuff he's a he's a good guy he he's he works at lucasfilm now i think in pr pr and marketing or something right now yeah. he he got back in the fold uh back in the loving arms of the death star yeah i think so he's doing
0: he's, the uh the fan relations thing
4: yeah, he's, yeah. Do, he's doing stuff like that and he's a good guy perfect like he knows everything perfect about guy star for wars you. you could ever want to know and absolutely he's super, super nice he he would be like, he's kind of like Ned Flanders, but in a good way. Um, <laughs>
0: Wait, what do you mean, Ned Flanders?
4: <laughs> well, like, you know how Ned Flanders is, like, super nice to everybody, and everyone gets along with him, except for Homer, but he still likes Homer. Like, that's that's like, Pete is just such a good guy that I, I've never seen him be bitchy or angry or anything. Like he's just such a good guy. Yeah, so, his
0: demeanor's fantastic. Um, of course, we've known Pete for gosh as long yeah, as we've known like, you, Bonnie.
4: Honestly, Lucasfilm's lucky to have him. Like he's probably he probably ge- generates so much good vibes that it like counteracts any like weird Palpatine issues that go on at every company. So anyway, so he wrote the book with me as well as Mary Franklin, who used to do event planning and events of all the cool celebrations and comic cons and all that. So, we got together for Random House and wrote this book of just celebrating fandom and I had all my celebrity Star Wars rocks interviews in there. So it was like, you know, the best of quotes from people like JJ J. Abrams way before he, you know, agreed to do Force Awakens and uh Simon Pegg and Jane Weedlin and Adrian Curry and you know, just Felicia Day, like all these cool geeks. And also there's a bunch of interviews I did with the 501st and uh, Rebel Legion, R2 Builders Club. And um, Pete did a bunch of history. And I think Mary had a bunch of photos and cool event stuff in there. It was an awesome kick-ass book. But for some reason it got shelved. And I think it got shelved because our CEO at the time, and this is before Kathleen, uh, Kathy Kennedy came on. Um, just didn't want it out there. And I don't know why. I don't know what the reason was. And it got shelved and we thought, oh, it's gonna come back, you know, come out in another year, maybe two years, and then it was three years, and then it was four years, and then on Amazon it said it was coming out in twenty thirty eight or something. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> Yeah, I've got it on pre order.
3: Am I gonna get my money back? <laughs> I know, I was
4: like, Well, that's optimistic. Like I guess Star Wars could be around then and it was it was weird. Like if you go on Goodreads, you can see it on my author page. Like if you just look up Star Wars Generations, which is what we called it, it's there. But on Amazon, it got replaced by Chuck's book Aftermath.
2: <laughs> it was Aww. the same.
4: Or, it was the same number URL. Um, but I don't I don't know what happened to it. I mean, it's done. It's in the can. I mean, Random House has it. They could publish it anytime they want. But... So
3: it is. So it is done. And oh, yeah, it's there, been were there done for years. Pho- were there photos
4: and, and tons, tons? It was supposed to be a coffee table book. Yeah, got, wow. got photos and interviews and just cool stuff. Like it was supposed to be kind of like what it was it was a celebration of fandom. And
0: do you remember um, if me and Swank made the cut?
4: Oh, I'm sure you guys did.
0: Well, maybe sure that's what tanked the whole project.
4: <laughs> I don't know. Like it just it just seemed <laughs> weird to me because. It's a finished book. I mean, they probably need to update it with recent celebrations and stuff, but it's, you know, it's yeah. still, I don't know. It's just well, even, Maybe do will
3: see the light of day.
0: You never, it
4: might, it might. But if not, you know, I've got my parts of it still. Well, so I know it. the folks
0: from Random House Stellray are listening to this show, so maybe this will, you know, spark someone well, to go listening take it to the up.
4: Show, I'd like to do a freaking sequel to the Star Wars craft book because people keep asking me for it. I keep pitching it and I keep getting told they don't want to do more craft books, but then the crochet book came out and all these other books came out. So I don't know if Disney is deciding things and Lucas books doesn't know, or the other way around, or, uh, they just think I'm too busy or something, but I'm more than happy to (laughs) call
0: Bonnie. You know what? You need representation. Me and swank. We're going to, we're going to manage your career. Cool
4: agent. She's like this cool, like punk rock goth girl. And, her name's Bree Ogden from, Road, from Red Sofa Literary, and she just got me my recent contract with uh, Quirk Books. So,
0: Well, I'd love I to mean, see a follow-up to that, uh, that craft book. As a matter of fact, my, my son, Dylan, he's, he's 13 years old, and he walked down here right before we started the show, and he saw your avatar on the Skype, and he said, yeah. oh, that's she wrote the Star Wars craft book.
4: Yeah. He knew and right I, it's away. It's funny because I have gotten so many requests to do New crafts that um I'm teaching myself video uh, editing software just so I can do craft tutorials on youtube at you YouTube. gotta do this by the way
3: I was just going to say so yeah i, 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 I that. my i have a I have a seven year old daughter and she watches YouTube like we used to watch you know t v when we come home for after school and one of the her favorite things to watch are the how to draw and how to do craft tutorials and oh, there's yeah. this girl she watches. Uh, I won't give her the free plug. I'll give her the plug. No, she's good. She, uh, Nerdy Crafter. Oh, yeah.
4: Girl, I, I Yeah, I watch her.
3: Uh, Nerdy Crafter. Um, yeah. My daughter loves Nerdy Crafter. And I was just saying to her, you know what? I have a book that you're going to love. And I was just about to uh, dig it out and uh, and show it to her. But, yeah, you definitely need to be doing some of that stuff on YouTube. That would be great.
4: Yeah. I mean, I had a show with Stan Lee's uh, YouTube channel called Geek DIY, and you can look it up on YouTube or just go to Stanley's World of Heroes. Uh, Stanley's World of Heroes. I don't know if he's doing more stuff. But I only had one season, and it was basically me doing a craft with different celebrity friends uh, that I have that hate crafting. Mm. So yeah, so it's like you, it's almost you can see the fear in Will Wheaton's eyes when it looks like I'm about to throw glitter at him because he just hates glitter and. Anytime I stay at his house, and I'm really good friends with his wife, Ann, and we do crafts or something, or we just goof around, there's, I mean, when you do crafts for as long as I do, you just always have glitter everywhere all the time. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, it's a staple in the house. I, I well, know.
4: it's, I mean, it's well known that glitter's herpes of the craft world. You're never going to get rid of it. There's no, there's no shampoo that ever fully gets it out of your hair. No. Um, your shower drain always sparkles a little. I mean, it just happens. I mean, my my dog still, you know, has glitter on her paws just every time I do a craft. So yeah. I, I, I have to
3: tell you, so so Bonnie, my my daughter comes downstairs the other day and she's wearing this um this new little uh, jumpsuit that uh, we got her for to wear back and forth to swim lessons, and she asks me to cut these two tags out of the insides. They were. They were bugging her, and I cut yeah. these, little, these little fabric tags off. And I'm about to throw them away, and she goes, "Daddy, Daddy, no, no, no!" She grabs them out of my hand. She goes, "I might be able to make a craft out of these." And she goes over wow. and she puts them in a in a drawer where she's got all this what I think is garbage, but uh, she's she is very very crafty. I have that's to tell. Good. Her, I, that's good. Yeah. That's
4: that's. You want a kid that's pretty MacGyver like <laughs> when it comes to crafts. Like you want that uh, skill set because those that's the person you go to when you rip something at a wedding. Yeah. You know, or you're all the cosplayers will like know her by name because she has the sewing kit so they can fix whatever you know armor issues there needs <laughs> to be fixed or yeah. you know always yeah. a crafty person or if you you know. Get stuck in a de- like a freezer room, and like like every sitcom does, where all the characters get stuck in the freezer at a restaurant by accident, uh,
3: or a, or a big va- a bank vault.
4: Yeah, one of those yeah.
3: two. Yeah, right. Yep.
4: So you know, I I think if you want to supplement her crafting career, also. Get her books on lock picking just to be
0: safe. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Star Wars.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you're so you're so regretting having me on the show right now, aren't you? You're thinking lawsuit here, lawsuit there.
0: No, no, I'm all. just Not thinking all. about all the uh-huh. spark all the sparkle I have to clean up after the uh, show <laughs> here. So, but you no, know, Bonnie, okay, Bonnie, what I want to know yes. is 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 uh, you know. When we were in Japan for Star Wars Celebration... That was so much fun, wasn't it? That was it? so much fun. Um, so much fun. You, you said to me, it's like, how can I have life after Lucasfilm? Because Star Wars is everywhere. And yeah. and you were like, it's constantly going to be reminding me of my old job. Well, definitely, Star Wars has been everywhere. The Force Awakens is out there. and yeah. So what was it like going to the film? I mean, you were there for the entire prequels. What was it like going to the film, being just a fan, just a star Wars fan. And what'd you think?
4: It it was, it was actually kind of freeing because when you're an employee and I think this is with any franchise, you know, you just, you always kind of have to watch what you say in public and you kind of have to be careful because you represent the company at all times. And you got to, you know, you got to be kind of professional and adult and you can't, you know, make fun of anything that you don't like in a film or criticize it. You have to always have your PR, you know, cap on. And, uh, so going to this, I, I actually had, I mean, I don't like this with any franchise I love that's getting kind of a new, um, anything, uh, I always have low expectations, so I don't get disappointed. I mean, I'm like that with Marvel and DC stuff, you know, I'm going to be like that with Wonder Woman, even though I think she's just totally going to kick ass. Um, but you know, Wonder Woman was a big deal to me, so I'm, I'm having low expectations for that, so I can be pleasantly surprised. Uh, And I was like that with Lucasfilm. Of course, though, with Force Awakens, I knew it was going to kick ass because the cast was great. Uh, The director's great. The story's great. I mean, it was probably, I mean, the most diverse film, which I was so upset about. You know, the whole Oscars white situation was just annoying to me because I'm like, well, you know, you could alleviate all that by actually putting Star Wars Force Awakens in the running for best picture because it had an you know a black lead and a female lead and a great story and it was diverse and it was great special effects and great sound editing and great music. I mean I was kind I mean I loved Mad Max Fury Road but I was kind of confused why Force Awakens wasn't up for the same things they were. Uh, across the board, yeah. and also it should have been, I thought it should have been running for best film, but that's just me. Right. Um, well, I'm well, sure everyone listening to this me, show a lot agrees of people with thought you. That. A lot of people thought that. You know, it's funny, Charlie Rose, uh, you know, the talk show guy, yeah. he did a round table of movie critics for the Oscars, and a lot of them agreed that Force Awakens really got the shaft. Like, it should have been yeah. in a lot of those categories that it wasn't, because it was such a great film, and you can't say, oh, sci-fi doesn't deserve it because the Martian's sci-fi and, you know, Mad Max is, I guess, sci-fi. It's totally it's
0: sci-fi. A... Yeah.
4: Yeah. So it's like, well, no, I didn't mean it like it was real. I was trying to decide if it was horror or sci-fi. But I guess it's, it's sci-fi. I think, I think
0: when you, you deal with any sort of post-apocalyptic world, you're getting into the science fiction.
4: Yeah. So I I don't know. I honestly, I loved the movie. And when I went to go see it, I, I actually waited... To till everyone saw it. And then I went to go see it. I did not want to see it on opening night, hmm. mainly because I, I thought I would just, it's weird because I kind of feel like I've bis- been disowned from an awesome family. Oh, <laughs> so no, uh, not from like extended cousins. Like, I feel like you guys are all my cousins and like the cool part of the family that I actually want to hang out with. <laughs> but, you know, being at every event for Lucasfilm for, that long and then going to something like this which is so big part of it's such a big part of my heart and such a big part of my life I just didn't want to be depressed mm-hmm. like I didn't want to be sad that I wasn't at Lucasfilm when this got you know through the beginning stages of promotion and marketing plans and how they were going to market to kids and how they market to girls and women and fans and you know new fans and next generation and all that like I've always been a part of that, and so not being a part of that and going to this film just felt weird. Yeah, uh, just because I didn't have the backstory feeling that I have with everything else because right. I was there from the beginning. So uh, it felt a little sad to me because also I just remember good times I had with like people in PR and marketing and online when we'd go to like you know the the employee screening or the five hundred first screening or the fan screenings or. I'd go to Celebration or Comic-Con and we'd show previews of stuff. And I remember being backstage at Hall H with Carrie Fisher and, you know, Mark Hamill and all those guys when they're promoting DVDs. And, you know, I just, and I'm, I'm friends with these people. I'm friends with their family. I'm friends with the actors. I'm friends with, you know, everyone behind the scenes. So not to be a part of this. And I've talked to JJ, like, I don't know, like five or six times for Lucasfilm and for, Geek Magazine and different magazines uh, when I worked there, like way before he decided he was going to be, you know, directing the movie, like when he was doing Lost, I talked to him When he was doing Fringe, I talked to him and Mission Impossible 3, I talked to him. So it just felt weird not to be part of that process. Yeah. But when I saw the movie, I was so happy that it was so good. And I was so proud of everyone that was involved with it. And I actually ended up doing consulting work for Sphero for the BB8 droid getting them doing helping them with celebrity outreach. So I made sure that every celebrity that I had like made contacts with or become friends with because of Lucasfilm, I made sure they all got a droid. So I kind of felt like I at least got to do that part, you know, like I got to be that part of the marketing, PR even though I wasn't a Lucasfilm employee. I was helping Sphero with BB8 droid stuff. So and I got to like do celebrity outreach for that and kind of like make the friends that I you know, the friends that I had that were celebrities, I was like, see, I'm not totally dead yet. <laughs> 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 I can, I can still get you cool stuff. So, so it was like, you know, it was like that. But when I going to the movie, it was just so cool because I made sure when I went to go during a matinee because I wanted to see kid reactions. Yes. I didn't want to see like hipster, like sleep like, ribbon.
0: Yeah, me like, and Swank. Red. Yeah, like
4: I wanted to see kids. I wanted to see kids get super freaking excited because that's what always made Lucasfilm special to me—is seeing kids freak out when they'd see droids, or Princess Leia, or Ray, or I should say, you know, Colonel Leia or General Leia now at this point. But you know what I mean. And it was just so—it was just so cool to see kids still freak out, and not just adults, because we're always going to freak out, because that's us. That's part of our childhood. That's part of our DNA to love Star Wars, but. It was just fun to see it with kids around.
0: Yeah, but Bonnie, you know, outside of your personal experience, how about Bonnie, the film critic? How about Bonnie, the Star Wars fan? What resonated with you about this film?
4: I think what resonated with me is that it was so character driven. Yeah. And it wasn't about, I mean, the special effects, sound editing, music, all that was there. It was great. But I really, I lost myself in it. And I haven't lost myself. Fully lost myself in a Star Wars story, since I uh, since the original trilogies, since honestly since New Hope, and uh, when I was a kid, and I actually felt like a kid again watching it, and maybe I felt like a kid watching it because I didn't know the backstory, I didn't know all the like politics involved in getting this movie done, I didn't know all the like blood, sweat, and tear stories, I didn't know all the. You know, maybe the bad scandals that happen with every film. You know, there's always one actor that's a jerk. Or there's always one, you know, extra that freaks out. Or there's always something that goes wrong on a a movie set. And I didn't know any of that. Like, I didn't know anything like that. And the part of me that wished I knew something like that after I saw the film, I was kind of glad that I didn't know it. Because I was going into it watching as a fan or watching kind of with new eyes. And uh, because of that, I just loved it. I love the story. Um, I, I love that it made me cry. It made me laugh. It made me gasp. I mean, it was, it was a full spectrum of emotions. Like I felt like a depression ad, like,
2: (laughs) you know what I I mean? (laughs)
4: Like when you watch those commercials of those depressed people who don't want to do anything, they won't walk their dog and their dog looks at them judgingly. And, you know, they just, (laughs) they just look like they're, they quit life and then they take the happy pill and then they're like, Oh, I'm running down a beach with my new, like soulmate and my dog loves me again. It's like that. So yeah. it was, you know, after I watched the movie, I was like, Oh my God. Like <laughs> I'm feeling emotions. I haven't felt in forever. This is like force awakens was like geek Prozac.
2: Wow.
0: It was
4: like, yeah, I don't know. It's, do people still take Prozac? Whatever. <laughs> yes, people do. <laughs> okay, it's not, it's not I don't like know. <laughs> Xanax. Cause you don't want to go that route. And it wasn't like geek lithium because that's a whole other ball of wax, but I feel like it was, and it wasn't geek Heroin. Because I didn't like nod out. It was definitely maybe it was like more like geek cocaine.
2: Maybe it's yeah. like
4: maybe it's like Mustafar meth. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Hey, this you is know horrible. what? I'm a horrible egg. Like, I am just like a cry for help, right and left here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, a little bit. We
0: are we are getting to know. I didn't a mean little to bit. get all
4: Amy Schumer up here, but I'm just saying Yeah, you were I felt it let's let's go more religious. I was enlightened. Let's say that. I felt enlightened. Go. It was like a it was like a runner's high if I actually ran. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Except just from stuff. <laughs>
4: from stuff. Like if it wasn't, it was like the best bong hit. It was like medicinal. Let's say it was medicinal.
0: Hey Bonnie, are you watching Star Wars Rebels at all? Duh. Yeah.
4: Dude, I'm Rebel for life. I need to get that tattoo.
0: Nice. Uh, so, so you life. have been watching Rebels it. for
4: life. Like I always thought, Ahsoka and I were kind of like living parallel lives. Like when remember when the Jedi Order is like, "Hey, okay, we want you on board." After they she went through that horrible trial. Right,
2: right. Remember that? Yeah. When
4: clearly she didn't do anything wrong, but no one would give her the benefit of the doubt, and she's like, "What the hell?" Like I've like sacrificed my whole life for this organization, literally saved these guys right and left. Yeah. I'm commanding troops. I know what I'm doing. And you and this bullshit, like, you will not give me the benefit of the doubt. That is just a load of crap. And so uh, when they were like, oops, bad, us bad, and, you know, want to join the club? And she's like, nope. And I was like, that is so boss. Like, I totally... I mean, I didn't have that option because, you know, she wasn't escorted to the parking lot, but (laughs) if
0: she stuck around, she would have been, I think she would
4: have been. I think at some point someone would want her job or someone would want like her secret contacts and would be like, yo, give us, you know, Anakin's home phone number. And she's like, no, I don't, I don't roll that way. (laughs) You would have gotten his home phone number from working with us. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. I respect my friend's privacy. And then she gets, you know, fired and escorted to the parking garage instead of by the Yoda fountain where she could strip. And <laughs> so a song from Holiday Special and her, you know, Star Wars underwear she wore that day. Like, she didn't get to do that. But, you know. <laughs> but I But had like, she? Had she. Yeah. Had she <laughs> and that's, that was slightly uh, memoirish, I realize. But um, I, I was going to say, you know, I love her on Rebels. I love how they brought her back. Um, I love I love the whole Yoda visions, like the Vision Quest Yoda. Love that. I love like the voice actors that are working on this show. I love that Sarah Michelle Geller got to be a voice actor on the show. I mean, come on. There's so many great and they brought back like a lot of original trilogy characters. I mean, you got to see some Suave Lando. I mean, <laughs> oh come yeah, on. Sure. yes. I mean, I know we're gonna talk about the young Han Solo movie at some point. But I want a young Lando movie. I mean, I would watch the hell out of that. Are you kidding me? Like, bring that on.
0: Maybe Lando will be an element in the young Han Solo film.
4: Like, get a Donald Faison or get a, like, Kanye or... No, not Kanye. I don't know. Somebody. I'm trying to think of who would make a good young Lando. I'm thinking, like... Oh, I don't young know. Lando.
3: Hey, bring in Michael
0: Maybe B. Like Jordan, a, like
3: a, a Malcolm Jamal
0: Warner. No, too old. I think he's no, old no, no, he is. I, listen, like I
4: love, <laughs> I
0: love <laughs> Malcolm I, Jamal Warner. I, I, he's my age. But listen, I'm telling you, it would be Michael B. Jordan. He
3: would be fantastic. He was so oh, great in Creed.
0: He's too young. <laughs> but we're talking about a what, young man. Like no,
3: no, no, no. I want Orlando that's old enough to you know have
4: sex. or at at least
3: talk about it
0: did i say that too quickly i'm sorry so are you telling me michael b jordan is not turning down every woman in hollywood these days i'm
4: not saying Uh, that but he looks
0: like a baby
4: yeah i agree with that like i i don't know maybe one of will smith's kids they're old enough right
0: yeah i I guess I I guess. I feel kind
4: of dirty thinking about this now. Yeah, yeah, this is is really bad. It has taken a
0: wrong turn. Yeah, what's happened here? Sorry, I thought that. Yeah, this has really gotten
3: uncomfortable. We expect that from you, Bonnie. We (laughs) we we go into it. We're prepared. We know what we're gonna get. (laughs) Awkward. Oh oh,
4: gosh. All
3: right. right. So the so what if anything would you have changed? I'm just kind of curious about the Force Awakens, and it doesn't have to be anything major. But there was was there one thing.
4: Yeah, and I'm I'm not gonna do any spoilers because there might be two people left on the universe that haven't seen the movie that are listening. But they're waiting for that I, home
3: video release.
4: I wanted a lot more Hamill. I'm, uh-huh. So, uh-huh. I'm such a Mark Hamill fan, and that he was rocking that beard. Like I think bearded Hamill is one sexy Hamill. That is one. Beard. Wait a minute!
3: Wait a minute! Wait a minute! At the yeah. end of that movie, he looked like he had some sort of wild animal living in that beard. I mean, that... I
4: don't know. Maybe it's that like it might be the Portlandia hipster in me, or the Wilco fan in me, or the ZZ Top <laughs> fan in me. But I think like a beer, a Star Wars beard is hot. Like I was, Sir Alec Guinness was. He was one sexy dude. Well, as, sure, because he looked
3: like he had bathed in the last. Oh, I don't stop know.
4: It decade but did, he know? but did he hamill didn't i don't think i don't think old ben bathed yeah. like in his in his little cabin there wasn't no. like i didn't see a He's, hot tub I didn't no. see a
3: shower.
0: there's no irish spring
4: yeah no oh,
3: no,
0: no, no. no 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 old ben, I, I could, old ben no he, oh god no. i could smell old ben
4: i could hygiene. smell
0: him i could smell him from here
4: yeah i think yeah. The, i think old ben was he did not there was no Axe body spray I think there was I, I, I think <laughs> I actually them.
3: used the I, I use a soap called Old Ben
4: Yeah, I think old Ben was, I think he was sporting some Tuscan musk.
0: Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Remember, you know, I I believe the legend has it that that old Ben was able to uh, actually do business with the Jawas. And also it is noted that the Jawas smelled really bad. And the way that old Ben was able to do business with the Jawas is because he smelled so bad the Jawas thought he was just a tall Jawa. Yeah, I mean, he dressed. I he it. dressed like Jawas.
4: I believe it. Like I mean Jawas. that those burlap sacks they were wearing—that's not easy to clean. No, and they—they you know. they don't breathe. They don't breathe. It's yeah. not like he had like lavender sachets tied around him somewhere. Like I—I I don't even think he had one of those hippie crystal rocks that everyone thinks works when you put them under your armpit. That doesn't <laughs> work. So oh,
2: I just, really I
0: think he those don't work.
4: Smelled like a cross between maybe like some weird mushroom. Yes. Sour, sour blue milk or something—I don't know. Bonnie,
0: are you telling me the rocks Fantastic. under the armpits don't work? Well, I guess I don't they need don't. these anymore.
4: They don't. That crystal thing is a myth. I mean, it may realign your chakras, but you're still gonna smell patchouli everywhere. I mean, you're still gonna. Yeah, you're better off doing like what they did in Lost Boys, where he just like used Pledge as a, a clone Like lemon Pledge is good. Did he under yeah, the arm do that? I yeah. You know. Why not?
0: You know, and that's all you got. Hey, you know what? Um, every week, Bonnie, on uh, Rebel Force Radio, we give away Little Debbie because Little Debbie supports us, and they are so I was awesome. going to
4: ask you, how did you hook up that? Because that is an awesome sponsor. Because you know, I grew up on Little Debbie's snacks. because I was a latchkey kid, and that's where I got all my nutrients after school. And I'm just going to say, I am so stoked that they have anything to do with Star Wars. That is so minute.
3: Wait a minute. Has Bonnie ever had a galactic snack pack? Yeah, we're sending a galactic snack pack. Yeah,
0: every week, Bonnie, we give away these (gasps) awesome big boxes of Little Debbie. You open it up, it shows up at your doorstep. You open it up, and in there you find nutty bars, cosmic cupcakes, yes, cloud cakes, uh, star crunch. All the great little Debbie treats and and Oh my
4: God, I will trade you something for that. I'll make you guys puppets of yourselves and send them.
0: (laughs) Oh well there you go. And yes, that has been documented. So we want puppets.
4: I'm a good puppet maker, so I'll make you puppets of yourselves or as Star Wars character yourselves as Star Wars characters if you want, if you send me one of those. That
0: would be amazing. And we will send you a little Debbie Galactic Snack Pack. Dude, every yes. Bonnie, every week we look at Twitter and we look at Facebook. We look at all over the social media to see who's talking about Little Debbie and who's talking about Rebel Force Radio. And this week I looked at Twitter and I saw a tweet from at Ken Yuhas. And Ken says... Daylight savings time change feels like I've come out of light speed and need recovery. Maybe some Little Debbie Galactic Snack Pack, Rebel Force Radio. Well, guess what, Ken? You got it. It's coming your way. Get a hold of us. Send us an email. Show at rebelforceradio.com. Send us your shipping address, and we will send you... A galactic snack pack filled with amazing little Debbie snacks, including those cosmic cupcakes, like I was just talking about. And Bonnie, that's rad. It's so rad. So, Bonnie, you're going to get a galactic snack pack as well. We got two big winners this week. Yay! Yes, at Ken Uhas on Twitter. Congratulations, and Bonnie Burton. Galactic snack pack coming your way because, of course, little Debbie is the official snack of the galaxy.
4: Sweet, that that'll be a lunch. (laughs)
0: i have good
3: news for you my lord that's good news come closer i have good news all right let's do some news here here's news according to sources the search for young han solo the actor to play young han solo is down to just a few. I I've only heard of one of these guys. And I, now Bonnie's a lot more hip than I am, and uh, of course more hip than Jimmy Mack. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> but uh, but I'll run through these names here. The only one that I recognized is is Taron Egerton, who was in, um, oh, what was the the the, the spy movie? Um, I loved it, Kingsman. He was great. He was great. I can't say that I. You know, was getting flashes of a young Harrison Ford or of a Han Solo, but a but a nice looking and very capable young man. Also being rumored, Alden Ehrenreich. Okay. Uh, yeah, not yeah. heard of him. And Jack Rayner. Jack. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: No,
0: it's honestly, a I
4: didn't. I wasn't happy with any of those choices. I I was hoping they'd get Clint Eastwood's son. Um, Oh yeah, Who looks just like a young Clint Eastwood And sounds just like a young Clint Eastwood So I I can't remember his name But I was kind of hoping they would pick him Um, I'm surprised that they're kind of going with I mean, maybe not Maybe they want more unknowns than knowns Like, you know, they don't want to go for the usual suspects That get most of the work right now But I don't know I just wasn't feeling their swagger And I feel like you need massive swagger if you're going to pull off young, young Indy and young Han Solo. I mean, young uh, Han Solo. Old Indy, I know, is happening.
3: Old Indy is happening, and they don't have to go too far for that.
4: No, but it'll be interesting to see if they are going to continue that storyline with his son. Right? I think they really
3: backed themselves into a corner with that.
0: Because
4: how are they going to do that? Like, is Shia just going to die in a freak accident we don't know about, and then?
0: Maybe they'll write him out the same way they wrote uh, Suzanne Somers out of Three's Company. Just say he's off in Fresno visiting a cousin.
4: I mean, they could pull a Bewitched and just replace him with another actor, and we could just pretend that Crystal yeah, Skull never I, happened. I
3: don't think Mutt is going to be back. Yeah. <laughs> I think That's Mutt's probably going to get the same treatment as uh, you know Denholm Elliott. There's going to be a photo. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe it. I can't believe he's dead. Yeah. And then they, so they move on.
4: How <laughs> hilarious would that be? We're like, oh, we're so like, it just starts at a funeral. Yeah. His funeral. <laughs> that's, where, that's where the next Indiana Jones starts at much. Funeral. <clears throat> and then you find out that, you know, believe it or not, he remember that. Like, well, no, because she died. I was going to say the hot Nazi, which I don't I never thought I'd say that word. Uh <laughs> from, from last night no, who was
3: that? That was an actual actress.
4: Yeah, no, She was a really cool actress. I can't remember, but yeah. uh she died right before she could be pregnant. Yeah, she ate, she was eaten by
3: all those ants.
4: Yeah, I mean, I guess uh Mrs. Spielberg uh, could have given birth.
3: Yeah.
4: Right. Yes. It's then so maybe we could get like a daughter, which we all wanted in the first place. We all wanted that Atlanta script to happen. Where remember that? Oh, right. Atlanta. Where
3: it was a young yeah.
4: Because the- everyone thought it was going to be Natalie Portman as his daughter. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Dark
0: Horse do a comic of that? I think I they did. Know. Yeah. Or maybe there was a video yeah. game. I don't remember.
4: I always thought it'd be cool for Indiana Jones to have a daughter instead of a son because they could do that whole like Laura Croft type thing where she followed in his footsteps but didn't realize she was following in his footsteps. And instead of being an archaeologist, she's, you know, basically a tomb raider because that's what she does. And yeah. she's off to museums and stuff. but And have them accidentally meet up by because they're after the same artifact and that's how he finds out. Could we get Daisy Ridley to do that? She should be in everything. She's amazing.
3: Yeah, I like to see her as the uh, indie. Well, she
4: is. She is in talks to be in Laura Croft, like to be the next Laura Croft. That's
3: right. So, That's right. She is.
4: So that could so, happen, but I don't know. It's like anytime people say they're in talks, that just means either it's happening and the contract hasn't been signed, or it's not happening, or they're angling for more money, and so they leak it to the press so they can get more money when people go, "Oh, look, see, everybody wants me to play his character." But that can backfire because a lot of people can go, "Ew, no, we don't want that person," and then they don't get the contract. So, So Bonnie, well,
3: yeah, think Ben Affleck and Batman—that didn't work out so great.
4: Yeah, did you guys go see the movie? No,
3: no
0: spoilers either. If anyone saw it, I'm going to see it tomorrow. Spoiler,
4: tell you. Not looking. Wonder Woman is amazing.
0: I love Wonder Woman. And I'm, I'm not one of those guys who is condemning the film just because Ben Affleck is going to be playing Bruce Wayne. I like and- Ben no, Affleck. No, no,
3: no. No, I'm sa- I'm just saying that when that was first announced, there was a lot well, of Of backlash. course there was. Yeah, it was insane. It was just,
0: you so know, did, the you guys,
4: did you guys see that video I wrote about on CNET where it was Todd Spence did this great video. He's an illustrator and writer that I know, and he's really good at editing things together, like these fan mashups, and he mashed up, affleck as superman because he played george reeves in hollywood land oh, yeah. and mixed that with uh the new batman that <laughs> oh. he's playing and it's hilarious because it's superman it's batman versus superman but it's george reeves drunk superman <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: oh i'm gonna have to and, check this out
4: yeah, yeah. It's, on, it's on my twitter feed or it's on cnet you can check it out so it's like i kind of wished it was like more the george reeves but as batman like i would have loved to see a washed up drunk Batman versus Superman like
3: George me- Reeves versus Adam West. Let's get
0: there. That you go. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. I would love
4: to see done that deal. But Bonnie, to-
0: you know, as far as the young Han Solo movie, we know it's coming in springtime, uh, 2018 Lawrence Kazan and his son are writing it. Uh, okay. we, we know the directors are Phil Lord and Christopher Miller who have done, uh, uh, cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, okay. what do we, what do we think? Lego and the, well, the Lego Movie. Well, the Lego Movie very good. But I mean, Bonnie, what, what do we? What, what are our feels about this project? Wh- what do we well, want to see?
4: Well, I'm more what... interested. In, are we going to see a Young Chewbacca?
0: Right, right.
4: Like that's. that's well, that's like, relative. I mean, because well, I yeah, and also is Canon out the window? Because if Canon's out the window, I mean, not Canon. I'm sorry, EW, uh, E-U. Yeah. So if Use out the window any previous young Han Solo tropes that were taken from comics and books and that sort of thing. That's out the window, so they could really do anything they want. They don't have to stick with what we knew. From no, they're not, past no. So they're not holding
3: to anything. No, they're
4: not holding to anything. I just don't want to turn into a nine oh two one zero Han Solo. Like I don't, I don't need to see him cut in class. The high or, yeah the high school so years, like right like there. I don't need to see him in high school and some like. You know, out in the sticks, like he's taking shop and he's really good at shop, but you know who's his best shop partner is like this Wookiee who can like rebuild a hot like a hot rod, like a land speeder, like super souped up. Makes so it
3: awfully I, small. We gotta get the life debt in there somewhere for sure. Well life
4: dead, yeah, because I mean that's 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 gotta, not from
3: shop class.
4: That's gotta be a shop accident, right? Or maybe <laughs> it was like maybe it was like a prom situation, like maybe Chewbacca got carried. You know, like maybe he's the only Wookiee. Mm. Maybe Chewie's the token Wookiee at like an all human <sighs> school. And they're like, totally rude to him. And then they throw a bunch of like, I don't Bantha blood on it's him. It's like on. school
3: ties.
0: Uh-huh.
4: Yeah. And yeah. Then, and so then,
3: I could see that. And then
0: well, young Han. Horrible.
4: I feel like Han Solo must have always had swagger. So there's got, maybe yeah. he's kind of like a young Fonzie, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm, it's not going to be like Archie. It can't be like that. So <laughs> oh, I don't sure. know how young they're going to make him. If they're going to make him in his 20s, then they're going to skip that whole schooling stuff. Hopefully. And you know they probably going to have Chewbacca save his life in some bar fight. That's probably where the life debt happens. And then the Lando thing, that's got to be – they must have been friends for a really long time. So there's got to be a young Lando. And there's got to be that Sabac poker game yeah. or whatever um
0: yeah you're like me you want to see all the things that we've heard about well, that we the, know about been, the legend of I've Han writing, Solo I,
4: I've been writing young Han Solo fan fiction forever so I've got plenty of script ideas so well <laughs> oh, maybe you know, the, but no one, no one call me, you you know no one called me because you know I'm a girl and apparently we're not allowed to write screenplays for Star Wars but um yeah
3: but you've got ideas.
4: Oh yeah, I totally have. You've got ideas.
3: ideas. I've got plenty
4: of ideas. So if anyone at Lucasfilm that that doesn't hate me, wanting to do something, then I yeah, like comics or. uh, I I'm looking at the photos of these
3: of these young guys. They're all very nice looking, as I said, and uh, but you know, there's something you know. You look at Han Solo, going back in 1977, uh, Harrison Ford. Yes, he was. Uh, he was a handsome actor, but there was something beyond that. I don't. I wouldn't say that. Here's he's, the
4: thing: he was the breakout star for me uh, for American Graffiti, and the reason he's a breakout star is because he's got that it factor. He's yes, got that yes. spark. He's got that. Like when you see him in anything, you're like, "Damn, he's going to be somebody." Like even in the conversation, he had like such a bit part in the conversation. And it was a weird swarmy part, and you still were like, "He's gonna go places." Like, you know he he had that something something. And even if you're a good-looking guy in Hollywood, if you don't have a personality, if you don't have swagger or some kind of it factor, you're gonna be in a lot of Fast and Furious type stuff. That's fine. But you said gonna... it,
3: not ick, right? It it it, it, it. 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 okay.
4: Like, uh, it girl, like, it girl. I don't know, yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah. I don't know that kind of spark. I don't know. What's the word for that? Is there a Yiddish uh, that's, word? It's
3: uh, a, what, je ne sais quoi?
4: Yeah, that's not Yiddish, but yeah, that.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I was like, there's gotta be a Yiddish word, right? Like, uh.
0: He's a bomb.
4: I only know, like, insults and that, like, anyway, I'm just gonna say, you have to have a specialness to you yeah. to really pull off being a young Han Solo, this could go really badly. Because when you're casting such an iconic character, you can't be flippant about it. You have to really, really make sure so true. you have the right guy. I mean, that was the problem with, for some fans, that was the problem in the prequels. Because uh, poor Jake Lloyd, who's a very sweet boy, and he was always a good kid, and a nice guy, Yep. you know, he was picked because he's you know he had that kind of sassiness to him, but a lot of fans didn't think he was dark enough. You know, they wanted that other kid that was up in the audition process when you look at the behind the scenes footage. That when blonde haired kid? Yeah, because he was kind of creepy. No, and that kid is a, like, he was oh, a stiff we want the creepy though. Kid. He was but creepy. Then was, I don't want the icy
3: dead people type kid. I... Yeah,
4: like I don't want the kid that's already creepy. Like the whole point <laughs> of Anakin is <laughs> that he was this good kid that wanted the best for his mom and mm-hmm. fell in love with you know, a princess a little too early because that age and height difference was a little creepy, Um, but you know, <laughs> he, was, he was a good kid and you want to, you know, a downfall if they're not falling that far, it's not really a downfall, so if he already looks like, you know, a serial killer, if he already yeah. looks like you know, like Mac from Bad Seed then, then it's not really a fall, it's just more of a trip, you know, it's more of like a
2: yeah.
3: I just lost I, You know, but I still I still feel like I I want to see a uh, episode two and three with Ryan Phillippe instead of uh, Hayden. Every once in a while, I I, I play that Here's movie the thing.
4: I, I am a very big Hayden Christensen fan and not just because he's a good guy and he's nice. And he's he's one of those actors that you meet that doesn't have that. Don't you know who I am? Crap going on. Like he is not that guy. He is a down to earth Canadian, really nice kid really nice guy. And I met him many times and he was always very gracious and didn't matter if I was like at, you know, the head of a, a department or if I was just some intern, he treated everybody the same and he was a really sweet kid. And I feel bad for him because I think he got played a lot by fans who didn't think he can act. But I mean, he was in glass house is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And he's in it with Kevin Klein It's such a good movie. And he was in a Canadian like teen drama that was really good about kids that were kind of troubled kids that were sent away at a camp to like, you know.
3: Oh, 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 you know for. what? Yes, he was in. Well, I, I remember that because as soon as he was cast, uh, you know, everybody was seeking out, you know, what what, what to expect from this kid. And I remember yeah, and seeing that the, the a teen drama. drama. Yeah,
4: yeah he played an abused kid and he did a really good job with the yeah, range. And I of- uh, I Emotion. loved him
3: in Shattered Glass.
4: Shattered Glass is uh, great. Life I is mean, a house. Need, yeah, both you know, those, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, Life is House, not Glass House. Sorry. Yeah. Life is a House. Glass
3: Houses, that was something else.
4: That was something else. Don't watch that. Go watch Life is a House. But <laughs> I will say that uh, Shattered Glass, at, around the editorial team at Lucasfilm, at you know StarWars.com, we used to quote that movie constantly when Hayden first got cast <laughs> in the prequels, because there's so many great quotes because he's such a shady character. Cause it, for people who haven't seen shattered glass, it's based on a true story about a journalist who makes up stories for the new Republic. And the new Republic was the magazine that's always on air force one. So it's like, you know, the magazine that all the pundits and white house people read. And it was a big deal. And he made up a bunch of stories about a hacker convention that didn't exist And even went so far as to make a GeoCities website of a hacker (laughs) company to cover his tracks. So it's like every – we would quote that like Pablo Hidalgo and I would sit around the conference table before a meeting started just quoting Shattered Glass like – if I, you guys, if I like just had a party where all we did was play Monopoly, would you guys come? Like, was like, like that's in the movie. That's in the
3: it's movie. A great movie. Peter Sarsgaard's in it. It oh, really is. So it's good. worth checking so it out. Good. You can usually find it in a bin for like ninety nine cents. Yeah, but it it really it really is good. Hey, Maybe what's this Indiana good. Jones movie coming out? You know they, wait, they've got a re- hold on a second though. They've got a release date for this already. They
4: always do, but they could push that stuff. Around. July nineteenth,
3: two thousand nineteen. Alan yeah, Horn said,
4: but they keep moving stuff around because like. Like you know, Star Wars Eight got pushed back to December. Yeah, Star Wars
3: Seven got pushed back.
0: Is
4: Rogue One still on track, or is Ro- Cause Rogue, oh, One's done. Yeah, so
0: Rogue One's Oh boy, yeah, that's coming. that's a good question. No, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, it's on. Okay. going to yeah. be yeah. on time.
4: One, Rogue One's I Haven't seen a
0: trailer for that yet. No, I think yeah, they're still trying they're... to determine the tone of that film. Uh, it, it goes beyond the trailers. I think they're still really tinkering away at that film, trying to. Uh, get it to where they need it to be.
4: Honestly, that's the movie I'm stoked for because the casting on that is amazing. Yeah, Good casting. That, so I'm stoked for that one.
0: And Darth Vader, from what we understand. Mm. And, and there's also been a rumor about the creation of the most realistic human CGI character, Peter Cushing's Grand Moff Tarkin. What do you think about bringing back Peter Cushing? And They already did that. No, they, 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 they brought in an actor at the end of oh, Revenge of the right, Sith. Oh, that's right, that's Yeah, a guy that's named, right. uh, a, a guy named uh, I don't know his name. Um, but they brought him in and they added a lot of prosthetic to his face, a mask right. and everything. But, and they still could only make it convincing enough for a wide shot. No close-ups yeah. there, but they're, they're talking about uh, creating Peter Cushing digitally. And I don't know. I feel yeah. like that's
4: disrespectful to the actor that's not around anymore.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's... it's kind
4: of like remember when they did those like Bing Crosby or not Bing Crosby? Who's the dancer? The Fred Astaire. They did the Fred Astaire vacuum commercials. Remember that? And they like yeah, yeah, made it yeah. all digital, so it looked like he was dancing with a vacuum cleaner. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure Fred Astaire was still alive right now. He would like take that vacuum cleaner and smack whoever made that. <laughs> So I just I don't know like I kind of feel like it's slightly disrespectful to the actor and the actor's family to just take their image and digitally reconstruct it for a movie that they're not even alive for because the actor go. is more than just his likeness his acting you know actors are acting I mean they're, yeah. they're craft yeah. I mean they're what they do is who they are it's not just what they look like and I kind of feel like that's It's like milly vanilling it a little bit. So, do you think think
3: just straight up recast it? Yeah. Right? Yeah, Yeah. straight up recast it like they're doing with the, the, yeah.
4: I mean, how many different Batmans and Supermans have we had? They didn't just take Christopher Reeves' face and plaster it on a CGI Superman. They just recast him. Well,
3: and think about, you know, gosh, think about Dracula. You know, they've eventually had to move on. James Bond, Jason. James, well, yeah, of course, James Bond. But I'm thinking about. I'm trying to think of like uh, you know creepy iconic villains, you know. I mean, Bela Lugosi owned that Dracula uh, vibe until he died, and they found Christopher Lee who played it very very different. Uh-huh. But it was still, but it was still Dracula. You could see somebody coming in and playing a Grand of Tarkin, and maybe even do it a little bit different, but it's still that character with that sort of. Uh, you know, gravitas. And uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I Are you cool with this. it?
4: Okay. Yeah, I am
3: kind of cool with it. Um, But you've given me something to think about, you know, I, I, I guess
4: I'm just thinking more big picture than fandom. Sure. I, yeah. You I, have I'd to, rather, yeah, that's, the,
3: that's why you're a good human being. Bobby.
4: No, no, no. I honestly, I just would like to see what another actor would do with that character. I, I don't need to see the same face, CGI'd onto a body that doesn't exist and use their voice somehow manipulated into a computer and spit something out again. Um, because, you you know, even in voice acting, you're acting. Yeah. So you yeah. can't just do a computer spewing out a voice that's the same voice as Cushing. So I just, to me, I, I, I feel like it's a role that's an interesting like really meaty role that some good actor could do something really crazy and fun and interesting with. Yeah. Um. And if they're just going to fall back on, well, we've got Cushing's voice in a database and we could just ILM him. Well, uh, you think he's going to like speak
3: it? Like it's like a speaking spell. Yeah. <laughs> They well, no, a I, don't word think, and... I don't
4: think it's going to be Stephen Hawking-like, but I definitely... <laughs> you know
3: you know I mean? may like,
0: fire when ready. Like
4: yeah, it's right. not going to be like that, but there's still nuances that you do with your voice and voice acting. Um, even if you're a guy pretending to be a computer, you're still acting. I mean...
3: Yeah. Well, we to- we talked about Stephen Stanton, you know, coming in and doing Yeah, doing I mean, he voice. could tell
4: me, I mean, we've had that character voiced before, like, and right. done really well, so... Right. To me, I kind of feel like you just give it to another actor or and let them do it whole hog or at least put a different voice actor on it. Like, okay. at least that. But even that, I still think it's kind of rude to do that. I And also, it's very, very hard to act with invisible people. And especially, you know, I mean, if, I don't know. <laughs> I always feel bad for actors to do green screen for the first time because it's like... Unless they're kids, it's really hard to get into that mindset of you're acting with imaginary people, and uh, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see. I I'm trying not to be judgy about it, but I honestly think they should just cast someone as Tarkin as opposed to CGI a character. Good call. Dead, dead, now, dead, what do you think dead.
0: about the, the the Indiana Jones thing? You, you told me that you you wanted to talk a little bit about that. Now we're we're dealing with something exactly the opposite. We have Harrison oh. Ford jumping back into the saddle. Um, you know, there were I'm people cool with that. I, I'm cool with it too. There were people back in two thousand eight who were saying, Oh, he's kinda old for Indiana.
4: Why? Jones. He did Han Solo just fine.
0: He did solo fine, but Indy always seemed to be a more physically uh uh, uh, uh challenging character, you know. Well how it,
4: do you how did you like him in Crystal Skull? Did you think I, I thought mean he was, okay. everything aside, like everything aside, like other People aside, other characters aside, just Harrison's performance alone as Indy in Crystal Skull. Did you well, find it believable or not?
0: Harrison is Indiana Jones. So, of course, when he puts that hat on, I'm I'm sold. My only problem is he didn't use the whip enough. You know, whip it out, I said. I but... mean,
4: honestly, I say that about every character.
0: Yes, of course. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink.
0: <laughs> right. But, you know, I just I, I felt like, it, you know, it, they're going to restrain him from doing that. It just it, it just felt like there was a lot of restraint there going on. I I, I, I think they could have done more with Indiana Jones. I think they should have let Harrison do more with the character. I, I think they kind of uh, I don't know. I It just yeah, But
4: how many times did that script go into rewrites. I mean, geez. I mean, who knows what it was in the beginning and what it ended up with and. I mean, I don't know. I I agree with you. I I felt like it was, to me, it felt a little campy, and it didn't really get to the character I was hoping. Like, I was, oh, I actually was cool with a Harrison Ford Indiana Jones that was kind of like, get off my lawn, you crazy kids (laughs) kind of guy. Like, I wanted, I kind of wanted like a Grand Tortino, like a. Yeah. You know, like a not racist, but, you know, like a
0: curmudgeon like, Jones.
4: Yeah. Like just a grumpy ass. grandpa yeah. indie and have him just be constantly yelling at those, like, you know, do op kids and their do op music. <laughs> and, Get your motorcycle off the lawn, Fonzie, that kind of thing. And I know Mutt was like trying to channel his James Dean, which totally did not work. Sorry, Shia, but that's just not going to work for you. Um, but I just, you know, I wanted Indy to be just more like grumpy, grumpy and angry, kind of like real Harrison Ford. Like when you see real Harrison Ford in an interview press junkets that he does not want to be at, he's pretty intimidating and he scares the hell out of Jimmy Fallon and those guys and like joke and it's not like chill and Netflix, uh, Harrison, which is also a, a different kind of Harrison. Cause When he's kind of, you know, mellowed out, it's he's still intimidating, but not as scary. But I was kind of like that. That's what I would want to see. Indiana Jones, this Indiana Jones be is super intimidating, super badass. He does not have to freaking do parkour like he does not have to jump (laughs) around like he does not have to be James Bond. He does not have to jump buildings and fly off a bridge and hold on to a rope. He doesn't have to do all that because he's going to put out his back. Just getting <laughs> off a of chair, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to. Well, there's
3: already a blueprint a bit for this, where you know he we 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 know what his father ended up like. Yeah, and Sean Connery
4: was James well, Bond. Well, but sh- and- <clears throat> I I feel like like old Ms. like Doctor Jones, like the, the Sean Connery Doctor Jones, he wouldn't have done all that aggressive stuff at his young age anyway. He was more like an Oxford professor. Uh, maybe more like, I don't know. I just didn't see him like jumping off of bridges like Harrison Ford's character did. Like he fought with an umbrella and some birds to take down a plane. I mean, that was his, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like he's a smart, he's a smart fighter, not a, a brute strength fighter. So I just, I don't know. I just, I want, I kind of want this Indiana Jones movie to show Indy, Just being grumpy and kind of like screw everything. Like he just like kind of like gave up on life. And then he finds some mystery that puts the spark back in. And then that's when he's like, okay, this one last thing.
3: One last go. One last go. I mean, do you guys think that this is going to be used to set up some other character? Yeah, it's got to. Maybe. Maybe. To carry the
4: i don't know or they'll you, know, go you know what backwards and we're gonna get young indiana jones movies yeah that's
3: what i would like to see i would like to see Well, isn't sean patrick flannery like the same age no as no, no 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 harrison
0: listen, ford was then i would whatever you know what just, um, just put the same whoever they cast as a young han solo then just reboot the series with him as harrison ford <laughs> i'm serious as a heart attack listen here's what we do is we use this last <laughs> film This film that's Mm -hmm. coming out Mm -hmm. in July 2019, we use it to finish the story. I mean, let's... You know, let's take any you know, put him in the the, the retirement home or, or kill him off or whatever we're gonna do with him. Have him I don't think they need to kill him off. I don't think they need to kill him just, off. I wouldn't want to see him like, get killed off. But maybe he, he just, just kind retires, of like
4: an old professor somewhere. Right? You know? they, they
0: just make they just put a solid end to his story. He he's he he maybe he gets married and he starts a family with a new fan. I don't know what he's gonna do, but I mean, just maybe, put a solid a hundred
3: years old. We mean,
0: he's gonna start a family. Yeah, there you go. Maybe Make him 100 years old. Just I mean, just have could him sitting up, there.
4: it could end up being kind of like a weird sequel to Mosquito Coast, and he's just like an old guy living in the Amazon.
0: Perfect.
4: Uh, you know what I mean? Bring like, it all full I, circle.
0: Like, and then yeah. the next one, you cast whoever they hire to be Han Solo, you cast him as Indiana Jones, and just start from the beginning. You'll bring back Short Round, all that
3: stuff. you know i think you have a point i don't see why indy in fact you look at the first two films they're not related at all all. other than the lead character i i don't see why indiana jones couldn't be a franchise like the bond where you know you don't have to have continuity from film to film to film it's just it's an adventure story with this character Uh, i think it i think it it makes perfect sense
4: yeah, I mean the only reason I think it was different, it stayed the same is contractually all new Indiana Jones movies have to be signed off on by Spielberg, George, and Harrison. Um, but since George is no longer part of this, it'll be very interesting to see what this movie's going to be without George because that's his baby and um, his. You know, Spielberg's great. I'm not saying anything bad about Spielberg, but they're a duo when it comes to that, and a trio really with Harrison approving all the scripts as well so um well maybe yeah. george maybe
0: george will serve in some capacity
4: he and steven so. are tight as ticks I him.
0: he and steven tight as ticks of you know of course there, there could be some back and forth going on between the two of them um obviously <laughs> steven worked on uh, Revenge of the Sith, and he didn't receive any credit, I don't believe, at the end of the film. He, he just did what he did. He he worked on animatics for the grievous cycle chase. Um, well, there's
4: a lot of people that's worked on the prequels that didn't get credit. I mean, Carrie Fisher was a script yeah, doctor.
0: that's right, that's right. Uh, that's, I don't know if she was, was she for the, the last one? Yeah, I think she was.
4: Or um, was she? I don't know. Question.
0: <laughs> I'm not 100% sure because I, I recall hearing Carrie one time saying that George showed her a script for one of the prequels. And she looked at it and said, George, it's perfect. Don't change a thing because she didn't want to
2: get involved.
4: So she told him it was <laughs> <Aww. clean. laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that full backstory. I just know that she worked on one of them. I just don't remember which ones. So.
3: Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about Harrison Ford uh, and some of the comments that he's made recently uh making the rounds in promoting the home video release of The Force Awakens. We know it's uh uh hitting uh, digital HD on April first, and then there was well, unless
4: you caught it when it leaked.
3: Oh, did it leak? Oh yeah. Yeah, we don't know anything about that. Let's move on.
4: <laughs> <clears throat> um sorry, <clears throat> is that a sore spot? I mean it <clears throat> did leak. I mean we well, could yeah, pretend well, it, I mean, but it did. So
0: like quarter million people downloaded the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, no, it's, it's I mean, probably still out there
4: the Here's the deal, this is how I feel about leaked stuff This is, you know, we're in 2016 People, any any company, any movie company That doesn't think their stuff's going to be Like bootlegged or leaked or copied And sold around the world before release date Is kidding themselves Yeah, no kidding We're in a digital era where everything is going to get leaked So you better have a plan A, B, C, D, and E, F, G and not freak out when this happens and just put in your next plan. Don't freak out. I do wonder if deleted scenes were released early to kind of, you know, get people excited about that instead of looking at the leaked stuff. So I don't know. Well, I mean, that's just like the spy. Like, I wouldn't know for sure, but I thought that the, (laughs) I,
2: I
3: thought that the, I'm hoping that the, the real thing is, uh, Little cleaner than the leak.
4: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it will yeah. be. Yeah. Did you guys like the deleted scenes? What did you think? Of I them?
3: haven't seen them. I didn't oh. know. I didn't know that those leaked. No, we we but we
0: they're didn't, not
4: leaked. They're official. They, they got sent to Entertainment Weekly. I think.
0: No, but like they that. did not. They they only had a couple of uh, screen captures and uh, vague, brief descriptions. And we're gonna break but those it, no, down.
4: I thought it had a trailer.
0: No, well, a trailer. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there's a was...
4: trailer teaser trailer for the deleted scenes.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't
3: reveal that much. I
0: mean, like
4: there was a trailer for the featurette. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's totally I'm more good.
3: excited about that than I am the movie.
4: I am too. Uh, that featurette looked amazing.
3: It looks really good. All right, let's I mean, get to these Harrison I, I, I Ford quotes. Uh Harrison okay. Ford in Entertainment Weekly, speaking of which, uh, he was answering some uh questions on a Q&A through their Tumblr and uh he said that he. Of course, we we know this. He's been arguing for Han Solo to die for about thirty years. Quote: Not because I was tired of him or because he's boring, but his sacrifice for the other characters would lend gravitas and emotional weight. So, what do you think, Bonnie? I mean,
0: w- what did you feel when you saw that saber plunge into Solo's gut? Was that spoiled for you? Before, no, you-
4: I, I saw. I knew it was going to come because. We all know as fans how much Harrison's wanted Han Solo to die. (laughs) So I knew and I also knew just from the trailer that just from the emotional impact of the trailer, that something's got to happen. Something drastic's got to happen to Han Solo or Chewbacca or both of them. There's got to be something big or else. Honestly, I don't think he would have agreed to do the movie unless they killed him.
0: So when it finally happens, though, what's going through your head?
4: I, I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know how. And so it was shocking. But I think it, Harrison is dead on. I mean, no pun intended, but he was dead on when he said it added gravitas to it. It added something to the movie. I definitely so, thought so. Did you so guys not? What, think so?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, we did. Oh. We've talked about it to death, but I want to know what you thought. I mean, what what kind of gravitas did his death lend to to, you know, what what made his sacrifice important for those uh, other characters?
4: I don't know I mean it's just it felt to me like it needed to happen and if he didn't die and die in a way like that especially by lightsaber you know I think if he had died from a like a weird blaster assassination or you know we wouldn't want him thrown into a Sarlacc pit we wouldn't want I mean I personally would have loved to see him just getting eaten alive by Ewoks like Walking Dead style I think that would have been more interesting But um, <laughs> but that's just me. That's well, we a- all know we all know Ewoks eat people. I just want to actually see it happen, um, and, and maybe we'll, Wookies apparently. Uh, well, maybe we'll see that in a future movie where Ewoks actually finally zombie out and go to town. Like maybe we'll get like a red harvest. But Bonnie, Bonnie, I mean Han
0: Solo. He's a beloved character for decades, and he yeah.
4: dies, he dies
0: at the hands of his own son.
4: Yeah. I mean what? it had sort of a weird Shakespearean twinge to it, don't you think?
0: Yeah. I don't yeah. know.
4: Maybe I, I... I just thought it was cooler than most fans, but I, I I want I would rather have him die in a poignant way like that than by some accident. Like I don't want it to be like a a Willow Tara situation from Buffy where she's, you know, Tara's killed by an errant bullet. Like, I don't want that. No. You want somebody to die. In a way where you're like, man, where you want to talk about it for days and days and days and days. Not like I always thought the Boba Fett death, and I put that death in quotes because we just know Boba Fett flew out of the Sarlacc pit off screen. Yes. Um, you know, when he died that way, everyone was like, that's not how you kill Boba Fett. You kill Boba Fett in a much more dramatic way, not a oops, I fell down a Sarlacc pit. I mean, right. that's just horrible. He doesn't um, go
0: out like a punk.
4: Yeah, you want to have it go out like massively like have it be a massive sacrifice like no go without me and I'll blow up the Death Star inside the Death Star and I'll die with the Death Star that kind of thing like you want someone to give up their life and have it make a have it have meaning and I think the way Han died it was just so sad and it was just so to me it was sad it was interesting and it really gave me something to think about but maybe i'm just weird i don't you know, know here's oh.
3: harrison ford on jimmy kimmel talking about uh this very thing you told me last time you were here that you've been pushing for many years to have uh, han solo killed off and i don't want to <laughs> spoil it for anybody yeah. <laughs> i hope at this point everyone who wants to see the movie has seen the movie but you you succeeded
0: you work for like 25 years for uh-huh. the company yeah. You do your best, uh-huh. you show up every day, you do your job,
3: uh-huh. and then they just let you go. In this case, they actually killed you. Shocking.
5: Shocking. When you saw yourself... No, I argued for 30 years for this to happen. Right. And uh, finally, I, uh, I wore them down.
2: <laughs>
3: All right, so here's Harrison Ford talking about the feet that they accomplished in keeping the big death a secret, which is uh, what, actually looking back on it, is pretty astonishing. The movie came out great. Were you surprised that the it secret? came out good. Huh? It, that it didn't like get it? out? I did like it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> did, were you surprised that the secret didn't get out, the, the death of Han? It's pretty amazing, actually, that people um,
0: sort of respected their fellow audience members to the extent
6: that it didn't, Get around. I was. You really I mean, was Fantastic.
5: I think people knew that
3: they would actually get killed if they revealed the ending of the movie.
6: I think they knew that I would show up at their house and beat the <laughs> <out of them. laughs>
3: If that's all it takes to meet Harrison Ford. Uh... I know. I was
4: going to say I would reveal lots of things and. <laughs> did she take a Are you kidding me? That's like yeah, fantasy number eighty six.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: now
4: Harrison,
3: oh, the beating. <laughs> Um,
4: Harrison Ford. <laughs> yes, I have 90 <laughs> fantasies involving Harrison Ford, and that's number
3: 86. <laughs> uh, Anthony Daniels was uh, uh, being uh, interviewed by Screen Rant, and he talked about this red arm. You know this this red arm that 3PO has. We don't know. I guess it's going to be in a comic, or it's been in a comic. The story behind it is it is it one of those sort of uh, Love stories where he gives up his parts to save Uh, another uh, droid. Is that what it it is, right? The comic hasn't come out yet. Oh, it's not out yet. Okay.
4: I feel like if he's going to do that, then him offering his parts to save R2 now seems like a shallow pickup line.
3: Yeah, exactly. If that's the case.
4: It's like I don't offer my kidneys to just anyone.
3: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Oh, you don't?
4: Well, I
3: usually open with that.
4: That's not first date material. Like, I don't have that on my Tinder profile. Like, I don't do that. <laughs> well,
3: like apparently, that. 3PO, uh, Anthony Daniels, didn't like the red arm thing. And
4: uh, yeah, you he, 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 oh.
3: he can just imagine, right? Um, J.J. Abrams told him, you're going to have a red arm. Um, and he, again, was not in, excited about this at all. And he said, but have you noticed because he listened to me, the last frame of C-3PO, waving at the Millennium Falcon was with a gold arm. And J.J. did that. Love it. Did so. you
0: notice that, that at the very last shot, he had his gold arm back? Yeah. Did you notice also, like, like two heads to his right, there was a, a red 3PO droid there? Yeah. You, yeah. There must be something. There's gold. a
4: thing. I've never been pro-3PO.
0: <laughs> been, oh wow!
4: I've been three no instead of three pro. Huh. No, <laughs> that's bad. Um, <laughs> well, we know your
3: heart belongs to R two D. R R2.
4: two, yeah. Like I, I mean, I mean, it, I guess, are
3: you looking at three people like it's the other woman
4: here? Oh God, no, 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 no. It's more like the bitchy friend who doesn't like you.
2: Mm.
3: So
4: every every girl, uh, and I think most guys too. You know, when you date someone you really care about but they have their best friend that doesn't like you. That's what C-3PO feels like to me. Like the bitchy best friend,
3: the bitchy best friend that doesn't like the girlfriend. Yeah.
4: yeah. Um, or that there may be some like homoerotic overtones and they're jealous because you get to be with R2 in a way that they'll never get to be with R2. It's like that. Uh, might be closer on that one. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I've never been a fantasy three PO. I, I get that he's there for comic relief. I get that he's there to whine. Uh, You know, I don't know if it's a Skywalker thing to make their droids whine as much as Luke did in New Hope. But there's a lot of whining coming out of C-3PO's mouth. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just I don't know. He just always irritated me. And he's just whining all the time. And it bugged me that the, you know, the Ewoks thought of him as a god and uh i just i never liked c-3po i never did sorry
3: he's a god and they're trying to cook han solo
4: yeah, yeah well See, that's the thing that's the thing that's a little weird to me because i mean obviously he's gold so maybe they're playing on that whole you know trope of the natives being excited at a shiny thing absolutely but uh i just i don't know
3: isn't that true
4: yeah, I guess I don't know. I just I don't know. I'm not a native. I don't know. I've never lived that lifestyle. I've never eaten human flesh and walked around with spears and throwing. Well, Where've you been, man? I know that's a bucket list thing. I'll get to it.
3: <laughs> All right, let's talk about the the uh, deleted scenes. So, okay. uh, Entertainment Weekly did have a little bit of description on what to expect from these scenes, uh, including uh, a little bit more with Finn on Jakku as uh, he they're being ordered to uh, kill the villagers. Um, this shows Finn coming face-to-face with a woman in the shadows of a small building. And uh, we're actually, I think, seeing him in this scene make the conscious decision to not hurt any of the, the Jakku people. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, now we also get a little bit more Han Solo. This is an interesting one why this was deleted from the film uh when you have Harrison as big of a star as he is and uh playing this role that everybody was just dying to see back on the big screen but there is apparently a moment where Han Solo and uh Finn and Maz and Chewie are confronted by a squad of stormtroopers in the basement of Maz's castle and Han apparently does his uh you know trademark funny quips to try to get out of the situation.
4: Oh, I'm excited to see that one then.
3: Yeah, that's more more Han. Um, this one, I think, sounds very interesting. This is uh, Kylo Ren leading a squad of stormtroopers to the crash site of the Millennium Falcon as it's there on uh, Starkiller Base. I kind of forgot that they crashed. I guess they did.
2: Yep. Crash landing.
3: Yep. Yeah. Uh, so what we see is... Um, we see, I believe, Kylo Ren boarding the Falcon, yeah, and uh, plagued by the bittersweet memories, he goes into the
0: cockpit and has uh, a moment in there. Hmm. Oh,
3: okay. Probably learned to fly in that cockpit. Uh, we have a little bit more with General Leia. Uh, this is uh, some deliberations that she has in the uh, one of the briefing um, or the uh, the tactical room there. After the massacre on Jakku.
4: Okay.
0: so She talks to a character named uh, Major Brantz. Major Brantz. And he's actually featured in the uh, Star Wars, uh, the, the, the visual dictionary. And uh, he's featured in there. And uh, if this is any uh, hint as to what we can expect from this scene... Uh, Major Brantz is a communications officer who keeps General Organa up to date with the latest intelligence on first-order operations. Brantz grows weary of always imparting bad news. So he's the bad news guy.
4: Oh, God. He's the guy
3: they send in there.
0: We always have one of those guys at work, right? The bad news
3: guy.
4: There's always a guy that's the bad news guy that that doesn't want to be the bad news guy. And then there's that weird, like, What's that German word when you want your friends to fail? That Schottenfreude. guy who like gets off on being the bad news guy. Like likes to be the, the stirrer.
1: You know, mm, like the, stir the, the kind pot. of like.
4: There's always the low key in every company that likes to like cause chaos and mayhem at every meeting. You know, by yes. derailing it, by derailing it, by starting a fight with two other people just by manipulating them with bad news. Uh, Don't they, be that
3: guy. Don't be
0: him. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So I assume he's not like that. I assume this guy is just a straight-up guy who always has to give the bad news.
3: Yeah, I think he just drew the short straw.
4: All right. Now, here we've
3: got a scene where uh, Poe Dameron is leading a squadron of resistance fighters. Yes.
4: Is he uh, clothed? (laughs)
3: Uh, But, you know, uh, hard to say. Is
4: there a shower scene with Poe, like with him just getting dressed or...
2: When he wakes
4: up and he's like he sleeps in the nude and he has to wake up and put on his outfit. Yeah. Slowly is there a slow dressing scene? Is it, that? That's
3: what? about it's about twelve and a half minutes long.
4: Did you say minutes or minutes?
3: Minutes.
0: <laughs> It'll be part of the uh, Bonnie needs a cold shower special edition. Hey,
4: I'm just saying, JJ owes me for not putting the deleted scene of Cumberbatch in the shower from Star Trek. So oh. I. <laughs> I'm just saying, JJ owes me a shower scene, and if, if it's not Cumberbatch, I'm okay with Oscar.
3: Oscar. Well, I, th- I think you're going to have to settle in this case where it's just him leading a squadron of resistance fighters into the assault.
4: Do we just see neck up?
3: Yeah, I think I can, really all you see it is like from the nose down to the chin. Uh, everything I can else pretend.
4: is up. I mean, I can I can pretend the hell out of that scene. That's not a problem. All
3: right. That's well, that's
4: that's where fan fiction skills come in handy
3: <laughs> now there's there's one one more scene where uh daisy ridley is uh tr- visiting uh finn okay he's already been injured at this p- at this point and she gets uh an update on him from his uh his doctor oh,
4: doctor colonia
3: who's what? uh apparently from uh downton abbey she played uh, harriet <laughs> walton oh,
4: downton oh okay abbey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's cool You're a
3: downton abbey girl
4: Oh yeah, I'm a girl, so it's like I have to be.
3: Oh, okay.
4: It's like it's like in the girl lines, you know, or the you, bylaws. Sorry, you, you, bylaws.
3: Bylaws. You gotta you gotta bylaws. be into down, Downton Abbey.
4: Yeah, it's like I don't. You guys don't know this because you're dudes, but girls have to sign a contract at birth of things that <laughs> you know, that we have to like.
3: Do. Oh, and guys don't. Yeah. No, we, we definitely uh, do. No. Really.
4: No. Oh, oh yeah. What's, you, what's or... the thing? What's the thing on the contract that you uh, that's on there that you kind of regret? Having oh, hockey. Like?
0: Oh, not regret. No.
4: <laughs> oh. so I, Des- just
3: being a sports fan. All right. That's yeah. a guy.
0: Yeah,
4: I mean, guy uh, thing, yeah. I mean, Desperate Housewives is the one that I regret. That
3: oh I regret. yeah. You, there's no escape that.
4: That and white wine spritzers. That's. <laughs> <pretty cool>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. With ice, white wine <clears throat> spritzers with ice. That's, no. that's crap. I don't know why genetically we're supposed to like that, but that's I'm all about Jamison. That's
3: there's there's uh, another there's another scene here, and this is has to do with the first first order snow speeders, um, a chase scene there on Starkiller Base, um, but without without a photo, there's really not much you can you know glean from this. They do have a photo of the of a toy, so I guess these snow speeders were produced by Hasbro. And uh, good luck finding them in the store, I'm sure. But nonetheless, huh. they, they did not make right. them. So we'll have to see what that looks like when the.
4: I meant to ask you guys was there anything in the toy line that was released that didn't end up in the movie?
2: Oh,
3: yeah, a ton of stuff. Yeah, the slow speeder and the, 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 the. What's the character, Jim? Azuvio.
0: Yeah, General, uh, or uh, Constable, Constable
3: Zuvia. He was
0: yeah. supposed okay. to law enforcement on Jakku, and his scenes got cut from the film, and there's no indication that he's even going to show up in the deleted scenes.
4: Oh, interesting. Alright. Yeah,
0: he's definitely... Right. Uh, Sarko Plank, another uh, oh, yeah, yeah. weird alien-type creature, kind of a like a, a bug-type guy, and I believe he was also supposed to be on Jakku, and uh, his scene also got cut out, and... Uh, <laughs>
4: interesting well I mean the stuff that they like talked about on Entertainment Weekly it's not all the deleted scenes it's just some of them right so there might be more than that
0: there might be. There might be. There might be. There's talk about some deleted scenes being available exclusively on the digital
3: download.
4: Well, now, yes. Uh, but, are but, they still doing that? That's yeah, so
3: well, but I did get some clarification on that. So
4: That's lame, because it's just going to be on YouTube, and it's going to get copied a bazillion times. Of course, so of you course. You can yeah. make any money off of that. Now, the
3: only thing that's truly an exclusive is the the Target version has... A a code for a digital download that gives gets you just more interviews with the cast, which, which will all
4: be copied and put on YouTube. Sure, and sure. Live.
3: For those of the you that are worried about this, extras, this, extras
4: this. are so stupid because they just go on YouTube. So
3: yeah, it the- doesn't make any sense. And I guess the uh, Blu-ray is going to have all but one of the deleted scenes. The digital HD copy will have an additional deleted scene. So that's, if you're buying it on Amazon or you're buying it on, on, uh, on iTunes, but at least in that instance, every Blu-ray comes with a digi- a free digital download. So yes. you'll get all of the digital or all of the deleted scenes. Uh, but you won't necessarily get, unless you buy the disc at target, the, uh, the, the code to redeem for the additional interviews, which I'm not a real interview person myself.
4: Yeah, or you could just go to YouTube the day after, and all that stuff would be on YouTube. There
3: you go. You do that.
4: Sorry. Um,
3: now this does <laughs> yes, not qualify as a deleted scene, but it 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 might. You know, uh, Mark Hamill did this uh, Q and A at the Oxford Union. Oh yeah. If you if you if you if you, heard, you know, and and I was just telling Jim before the show started that I read this quote oh probably five times. It was all over uh, social media, uh, yeah. what he said about Daisy Ridley. Now, when you read the transcript of it, it doesn't really. They use well. Let's play the clip and then we'll talk about it. But here's the full clip of Mark Hamill talking about working with Daisy Ridley in uh, in the new Star Wars movies. I just thought Daisy was incredible. She's so genuine, so appealing. Uh, you know, uh, I, you know, she's just lovable. It's it's. She, yeah, and she's just luminous. I mean, she just beams. Uh, she, she's just got a wonderful,
0: wonderful charisma about her, and I just adore her. I, you know, she's roughly my daughter's age, and that's how I relate to her.
3: Even though, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, I knew
0: all you. You see. Smarties would drag it out of me. No, I, I I don't mean anything by that. I mean, as actors, that's how I
3: relate to her.
2: Um, yeah.
3: So when you read the transcript, when you read the quote, they usually leave out that part, or in a, in every case for for me, they left out the part where he brings it, where you, you get the audience reaction and, oh, did he let the cat out of the bag here? Uh, what do you guys think? Is this? Uh,
4: yeah, that's that's clickbait 101. I mean, that's why. I, <laughs> I mean, that's a, I, I'm sorry. But, I mean, I, I write for so many blogs and I know how this works is, you know, one entertainment blog writes it out of context. And instead of people actually being journalists and going to that file and listening to what he actually said and listening to you know, the aftermath of what he said. Uh, blogs just quote other blogs and don't fact check and don't actually do this thing called journalism.
2: Right.
0: So,
4: um, when, especially when it's Star Wars, I mean, I write because I write for CNET, they actually care about fact checking. Um, they're not like every blog on the face of the earth that just wants you to click for ad traffic points. They actually want to report things. So... Um, when I first saw that, I'm like, I don't think he said exactly what they're saying they thought. So I listened to that clip as well. And I'm like, yeah, he. I mean, his daughter Chelsea is Daisy's age, and Chelsea's amazing. She's super cool. She's on Twitter. You guys should follow her if you're not already. And um, he probably did mean that in the context of, you know, Daisy is a cool chick and reminds him of his daughter. Right. Whether. Uh, she's playing his daughter. I mean, I don't Mark is not an idiot. Like he's not going to let things slip, but even if he did let that slip, I mean, I don't know to me. I don't think he, he meant that in the way that everyone took it.
2: Well, I maybe think.
0: let me provide a little more insight into this interview because I couldn't include the entire sequence from the moment the host asked Mark the question to when Mark finally answered it, because as Mark often does, He talks and he talks. So the question was. But he
4: also likes to be coy about things, too. So I know
0: he He definitely does. But the question was that got him going. The question was. Do you think Daisy Ridley has any resemblance physically to to you? And Mark started telling all of these stories about working on Empire Strikes Back and the big reveal, I am your father, and why George did that. And then he stopped. He said, what was the question again? And the guy, you know, said it again. And then Mark talked for about another 20 minutes, telling about 50 stories. And then he finally came back around. Yeah. The thing about Daisy. Yeah. Um, And and, I mean, basically. like.
4: a Kevin Smith style answer. Absolutely. like a half hour answer that doesn't, that it's, eventually gets to the point.
0: I was just thinking about that, Bonnie, because yeah. we've seen Mark in action at Star Wars Celebration. We've sat down and talked to Mark. Yeah, and, he's great. Oh, much like what Kevin Smith does. Kevin Smith did this DVD where he was uh, performing in front of a live audience and it was a Q&A. One question, one answer. And the one answer lasted the entire length of the concert. So he gave an answer that went on for about an hour and a half to one question and kept coming back to that question and then going off on other tangents. And I noticed a very similar difference. Delivery method of storytelling from Mark Hamill, where he will go off into a million different directions, but yet somehow bring it all back to the question you originally asked, even if he has to ask you to repeat that question a couple times.
3: So, Jimmy, yeah. is, where there's, is, there, is there fire here where there's smoke?
0: Well, obviously, the, the, the guy who's I don't have his name in front of me, but he was going somewhere with that question is there a physical resemblance between you and Daisy Ridley is what the question was,
4: which is really kind of silly when you think about it, because uh, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill look nothing alike, but they're supposed to be twins. And I get it. that it's fraternal twins and fraternal twins don't always look alike, but they really, really <laughs> do not look alike. They do not look like they would ever be related in any shape, way or form, but we're supposed to believe that they're twins. So, And I think Daisy, I think Ray looks more like Carrie Fisher. It looks more like the sister, the aunt, right? Mm. Than looks like Mark Hamill's character. So, I mean, you could say that it doesn't really matter if they have family resemblance because he doesn't even have a family resemblance to his sister.
0: So, Bonnie, what do you think? What do you think about Ray? Do you think it's going to be revealed that she is a Skywalker, that she's Luke's daughter?
4: I kind of hope she is. Yeah. But, and I think it would make sense if she was, but I don't know if she is like, I have no idea. And it would be, it would be an interesting angle if we were just led to believe that she was, but then we find out she's not. So I don't know. She's Boba I Fett's kid. She's Boba Fett's kid. I don't know. <laughs> like I, uh, you know, maybe she's half Wookiee. I don't know.
3: <laughs> that would be,
0: that I would mean, be something. So,
4: uh, I mean, waxing does wonders. You never know. So I I, I, bald wookie.
3: (laughs) If you actually, if you Google bald wookie, uh,
4: do it. Don't do. No, no,
3: no. Google bald wookie. Uh, It's pretty gross.
0: It feels
4: like that's slang for a lot of dirty stuff. So I don't know.
0: This could be dangerous territory. But I think what Jason is saying is that there is an artist out there who tried to create a Chewbacca without the hair, and that's. But the thing about Daisy, she wears all those sleeveless numbers. I don't know why, because when she lifts up her her arms, I mean, it's just uh, the Wookiee hair there underneath in an armpits are just it's just very. Yeah,
3: Chewbacca without hair. You could look that up. You
0: don't have to <laughs> yeah. Be I don't
4: know. I mean, you know, feminism doesn't stay on this planet, so you don't always have to shave your armpits. I'm just saying. And. Maybe she. Anyway, I I think it would be cool if she was Skywalker material. But if she's not, I don't care because she's an awesome character on her own. We right.
0: love
2: Ray.
4: We love Ray. So hey, Ray's bon- awesome.
0: So Bonnie, you're, you're you're blogging for CNET. Should I even say yep. blogging? Because you are a journalist. I don't want to just say you're Recording.
4: A- I mean, for me, blogging is when you're like writing about this awesome key she just made or yes. you're, you know, talking about a guy you just dated or something right, like blogging right. to me feels like diary, like
0: a Facebook uh, post. Yeah. Cause,
4: Cause that's where the word comes from. It's online, you know, blogging is a diary form. It was always that way. It was never journalism. Journalism's like you're writing articles that are not commentary pieces. They're articles. So I'm a journalist for CNET and Playboy and, uh, I'm also going to be writing for Blaster soon, which is Sci-Fi Network's blog, and I've started writing for Geek and Sundry, so I'll probably keep with that, and also Nerdist, um, I'll probably be writing for them. So there's there's other places you can find me, but if you want to find my daily articles, then go to CNET.
0: And of course, we can always hear you talking about Star Wars here on Rebel Force Radio anytime, because...
4: Yeah, I mean, I actually bring it up pretty much anytime I do an interview or podcast, so I... It's funny, I'm like, I'm going to be doing some more videos on my YouTube channel, more or less, I want to do some more crafts, so there might be some Star Wars craft tutorials popping up on there, Um, and then I still do the Vaginal Fantasy Romance Book Club show with Felicia Day, (laughs) and Veronica Belmont, and Kyla Casey, and that's a romance book club where we pick a book once a month on Goodreads, and you can find us on Goodreads and on YouTube, and we have a Google Hangout at the end of the month where we just totally get liquored up on wine or scotch or whatever, and then talk about the book, hopefully. Sometimes we get on just crazy tangents, which are actually more entertaining than the book at times. But uh, all the romance books we read are usually like sci-fi or fantasy or paranormal or like weird vampire werewolf stuff or something and those
0: those jason and jimmy puppets they're coming right there's little debbie on the line here so oh uh, god
4: yeah just you just have to email me what you what (laughs) character you want to be or if you just want to be yourselves and i'll just i'll just do it's funny because i just finished my next book with quirk uh quirk books called crafting with feminism and uh it's like a humor crafting book kind of teaching about feminism but not like a strict, hardcore way that would scare people off. And so I have uh, Gloria Steinem and Ruth Bader Ginsburg finger puppets. (laughs) And uh, it's funny because I was like, dude, I can make finger puppets of anybody. So that's like my Jedi skill is I can do sock puppets, finger puppets, spoon puppets, all that stuff. So if you've got the Star Wars craft book, it's basically very similar, except instead of Wookiees and Banthas, there's... Uh, Glorious Steinem's, and Suffragettes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course there are. <laughs> which is
4: funny because Star Wars has a lot of feminist icons and I mean, I thank Princess Leia in my acknowledgments. So, I mean, I definitely give shout-outs in that book to Star Wars, which you wouldn't normally think, but I've always thought of Star Wars as like a feminist mantra. I mean... Hey, Honestly, listen, Bonnie, uh, Princess Bonnie, Leia was my Princess Leia was always my Rosie the Riveter. So,
0: <laughs> buddy, you know what? You you talk about icons. I I I consider you to be an icon. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I brought Aww. this up. Really. You were doing the videos. You were doing so much stuff. Fangirls before even fanboys. You were doing, it. and everyone acts like this big, you know, fangirl thing is a new thing, and it's it's happening no, now.
4: No, it's old. It's so funny. Like, I just started watching, uh, binge watching Halt Catch Fire. I don't know if you've been watching that on. Uh, both seasons are on netflix but it was on amc halt and catch fire which was the first season was about the beginnings of the personal computer age and then the second season's beginnings of silicon valley and i came here in the 90s during probably during season two of this show and i remember doing videos for at home network before there was youtube and we did everything on real media right
0: on and i I remember
4: doing blogs when they weren't even called blogs yet they were just online journals and there was no vlog. It was just videos that you're making with puppets and just kind of doing your own thing. And, you know, I was a Usenet kid. Like I remember when it was all text based and I remember, you know, all that stuff. So yes. I remember playing doom with all the other engineers late at <laughs> night you know, and like yelling at each other from across the room in our cubes. And I just, that's the thing. Like I, I'm really ancient when I think about how long I've been around <laughs> for all this stuff but at the same time i'm constantly learning new stuff i'm an early adapter for everything yes groundbreaker
0: a groundbreaker. i'm a a geek
4: i'm a geek all the way through so
0: say it loud say it proud
3: sister exactly right on
4: and i I think i listened to your very first podcast i think i've been fans of you guys from the very beginning so oh Oh,
3: thank you very much
0: so i i
4: deserve a sash or something you guys need to like (laughs) we
3: gotta do sashes jason well Well, i I think we got you into the wolf pack didn't we
4: didn't we make you did happen? help with that. You know what? That was such a crazy thing. Cause I almost didn't go to that, uh, induction ceremony because it was so close to after I'd been, uh, fired from Lucasfilm and I didn't even know if I was like allowed in the building. So I was like, but I, but I knew I wanted to be around Dave Filoni because he's such a good guy. And I wanted to see Tracy Knobbio again. Cause she's so cool. And she's my spirit animal at Lucasfilm. And uh, there was just like, and Lynn Hale was there and I love her. She's uh, George's, you know, personal PR person. And, um, there are just so many great people that were still at Lucasfilm that I wanted to see and a ton of 501st guys that I just wanted to like give a big hug to. Cause I hadn't seen them since like the last convention. So, and I had bronchitis like crazy. I was super sick and I was working at discovery channel at the time as their director of social media, And so I had kind of like closed the door on Lucasfilm a little bit. And Tracy's like, you got to go to the screening of Rebels. And I'm like, I don't know. It feels like I'm invading an ex-boyfriend's, you know, Uh engagement party or something. Like maybe I shouldn't go. And she's like, no, no, no. Dave wants to see you. And we all want to see you. And I'm like, "Eh, I'm really sick. And she's like, no, 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 you need to go. I'm like, all right. So I downed like half a bottle of NyQuil. Um, Thinking that would kind of dull any kind of anxiety and bronchial cough. So I wouldn't like ruin the screening by coughing every five (laughs) seconds. So I just took a lot of NyQuil and then I went in and everybody was super sweet. And I sat down and sat with some people I was friends with. And then all of a sudden, right before they did the screening, you know, they were doing Wolfpack inductions. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool because I "I forgot about it. And then they said my name and I'm like, and it was such a cool moment because I'm like, oh, you guys still like me. And I got a big <laughs> hug and, you know, everybody applauded and it was sweet. And I still I have that little plaque like on my bookcase. So it's actually in the werewolf section of all the werewolf books I've got. So,
3: well, yeah, Bonnie, we uh, as I
4: loved it. it was great
3: fellow members of the Wolf Pack. we salute you.
4: Dude, you just. You just woke up my dog.
3: <laughs> what? Well, well, on that note, uh, we'll let you go. But uh, thanks for being on, and we'd love to have you back uh, with us some other time.
4: Yeah, I hope I didn't just ruin all your uh, viewership by no. talking about all this stuff. But I hope not people at all. I
3: hope- <laughs> not all take it. And look, if, if it can survive us. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Really
4: that's true. I mean, you guys have a good time on the show, and it's so much fun listening to you. And all my a lot of my friends show up on this show, so I I listen to you guys anyway. But it's so great when you have like Kyle Newman on and Sam Witwer, and uh, you know you need to get you need to get Seth and Claire on more, and uh, Meredith, and a lot of the voice actors from uh, Clone Wars. I think would love to be on the show, and let me know if you ever want like some people that you haven't had on before. I might have some connections there, so uh just let me know cuz I would love to to see you guys interview a bunch of different people. So. Awesome.
2: I
0: mean, you're the best.
4: Yeah, <laughs> you guys are you're one of my favorite podcasts because not only are you fans, but you have a sense of humor. You don't take it all too seriously. And you remember what this all is about. And it's about to have, you know, it's about having fun. Yes. You know, it's not about who's right, who's wrong. It's not about who knows more trivia. It's not about who has a direct connection to Lucasfilm. It's about having fun and being a kid again and not losing that force spirit, you know, like always being open and positive and funny. And I think that's why people tune in. And that's why I've always been a fan. Thank well, you.
3: That's very kind. That's so nice about it all right we'll talk to you thank soon
4: you. yes thank you guys for having me on You're I had welcome. so much fun now
2: you got your-
4: You know it,
0: you love it. From Tops comes the digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. Yes, collect and trade over 1,000 officially licensed Star Wars digital cards. All of your favorite characters, vehicles, and locations from the Star Wars universe are here, including replicas of those amazing and iconic original 1977 top Star Wars trading cards to futuristic all-new cards with exciting digital twists. And of course, you can find exclusive content from the all-time U.S. box office champ, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Download it today in the App Store or in Google Play. And of course, we're using the Star Wars Car Trader app here at Rebel Force Radio. You can always trade with us here 24-7, 365 days a year. Just search username Rebel Force Radio and do it all from the comfort of your mobile device. It's the top's Star Wars Car Trader app. These are the cards you're looking for. Hey, everybody knows Rebel
5: Force Radio.
3: All right, Jimmy Mack was on hand doing some coverage of C2E2. I haven't been there for, gosh, I think three or four years now, Jim, but you generally don't miss it. It hasn't had a huge Star Wars presence as of late. It used to be kind of a a kickoff for uh, Star Wars Celebration and some other things, but there hasn't been a huge Star Wars presence at the show. Uh, But this year, you did attend a panel for... Delray, right? Well, it was, it was so Star, Star Wars, Wars
0: books. Star Wars books. It was uh, Del Rey um, and uh, DK. Um, Adam Bray was there, and he's a you know, friend of ours, of course, from uh, Star Wars Rebels to Classified, and I wanted to go there to see Adam and uh, take in his panel. It was a great panel featuring uh, Adam, uh, Jeffrey Brown, who's a Chicago guy who does uh, Darth Vader and Son, that series of uh, animated or uh, illustrated books uh Claudia Gray who's got the upcoming Princess Leia novel Star Wars Bloodline coming up soon uh John Jackson Miller of course uh I, the guy he's written so many books he did uh, uh Star Wars comics he uh wrote uh he's he, I think he wrote like 6 books during the panel itself he's always <laughs> writing and Elizabeth Schaefer from uh, Random House Del Rey was also on hand for this cool panel and um our microphones were there, as always. And uh, Claudia Gray talked a little bit about Bloodline. It's an eagerly anticipated novel that takes place between the period uh, between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. So um, new, new fertile ground being uh, conquered here with Star Wars Bloodlines. Uh, Princess Leia-centric book, and Claudia talked a little bit about it.
1: Alright, so Bloodline, which is coming out May 3rd. Uh, Some of you who are aware of this book before know that it was originally intended for March, but then I asked if, seeing as how this book leads into The Force Awakens, if I could perhaps see The Force Awakens (laughs) before finishing edits and Del Rey, in in their graciousness, was like, that does seem like a good idea. (laughs) Um... That said, let's see. It is, I can't tell you that much yet, but uh, it is obviously a story of Princess Leia. It's set uh, some years before The Force Awakens, and it very much is a story about her, not primarily as a wife or a mom, but sort of who she is in in the New Republic and who she's tried to be. And I think the events of the book... Help you understand some of why she is where she is in The Force Awakens. And you do learn a little bit about the birth of the Resistance. I don't know if I'm allowed to
3: say anything else. Uh, Of course, the gag order is tight. And especially with a book like this, where they are going to be giving us quite a bit of information about uh, Leia and how she ends up the general that we see her in The Force Awakens. So uh, that sounds very interesting. I'm especially interested in any tidbits they can give us and how the resistance is uh, created and why it's necessary with the New Republic. So that's interesting. What else you got for us? Uh, Delray's Elizabeth Schaefer was there. Unfortunately, our buddy
0: Eric Schoeneweiss was not Uh, Del Rey uh, editor but Elizabeth was there. I've never met Elizabeth before but she was really cool and she was uh, in the position to make a big announcement about a book coming out this fall and uh, this is a book we haven't heard of before so I'll just turn the mic over to Elizabeth and let her do the talking. And then I think
1: my next one is that I get to announce a book. (laughs) Star Wars Catalyst. Is a prequel to Row 1, and it's coming out in Fall 16, and that is literally all I can tell you. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's available for pre-order if on that uh, title alone you're excited about it, which I'm excited. You know, oh, And we'll have more updates about this uh, in the coming months. But
6: There will probably be an author. We're not there sure. Probably, yeah, I was wondering about that.
1: That's really secret. <laughs> <Okay. laughs>
0: All right, so the book is Star Wars Catalyst. If you couldn't make it out from that rather muddy audio, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> but uh, Star Wars Catalyst, it is going to be a setup to Star Wars Rogue One. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna get a, a book, much like remember when the prequels were out, we got that book that would lead us into uh, the films, and now it's happening again here with Rogue One. We're gonna get something that sets it up. Star Wars Catalyst. So uh, somebody was joking around and saying, so the book is Star Wars Catalyst, A Rogue One Story. Wait, A Star Wars Story. Wait, it's Star Wars Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, A Rogue One. Wait, it's A Rogue One Story, Star Wars Story (laughs) Catalyst. Is that what we're saying here? Wait. (laughs) I don't know. I've lost track. Now, they joked at the end that the author has not been announced. And uh, there was some, some uh, buzz going on at the convention floor that the author is indeed. Now, guys, I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not going off of anything but rumor that I was hearing from people not associated with the book or Del Rey or anyone having to do with this panel. Let me make that crystal clear. But what we're hearing is the mystery author could be a gentleman named Tim Leben who wrote the Fate of the Jedi novel Into the Void couple of years ago for Del Rey. So, it is possible he is going to be the author of the Rogue One book. Some other people were saying, well, they're keeping it a secret because it's Timothy's on. And you know what? That's that's just as plausible. I I think. But mm. um but why the mystery about who the author is? That's the question I have. If it is Timothy's on, obviously they want to make a whoop de do about it. But um <laughs> But I don't know. I don't know why. You know, and I'm the guy who speculates about things like casting being listed on IMDb for Star Wars Rebels, thinking that there's some big conspiracy going on. I really am turning into the Fox Mulder of Star Wars.
2: ah,
3: Everything's a conspiracy. Everything. All right. So our buddy Adam Bray was also chatty. Yeah, Adam Bray was there, and I went to see Adam.
0: So I want to feature him at this one point. The authors were asked, "What are your favorite Star Wars spin-off stories? Be it the Legends slash Expanded Universe, or what's happening nowadays? What what kind of stories outside of the films really attract you as a fan?" And Adam Bray, our buddy, he had some some pretty funny answers.
3: Uh, I, uh, of
0: course, I, I love the the Timothy Zahn books. Um, I also uh, love the. Uh, the Dark Horse uh, Legacy comics that uh, happen far in the future. Um, Jan Dierksma is one of my uh, favorite uh, illustrators, uh, and uh, the not not uh, Canon movie, but uh, as a kid, I loved uh, the the Ewok. Uh, Adventures,
2: Uh, and actually, the—I mean, which to to watch them as an adult
0: now is a very different experience. (laughs) But uh, you know, the the first bit of creative writing that I ever remember doing, just for the joy of writing, is as a little kid, was to retell the Ewok adventures the way I wanted them to happen. Oh yeah, yeah. So that, uh, and I—I mean, I did little illustrations and everything, and I printed it up as an actual book, and. uh, You know, so it it made a big impact on me. So that's kind of a different fanfic than what Bonnie Burton favors.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no shipping in that one, I don't think. Um, (laughs) uh, And finally, John Jackson Miller, certainly a very familiar name to Star Wars, uh, the fans of the Star Wars uh, books and and comics. Uh, He's crossed both uh, mediums and... uh, what was going on with John Jax JJM John
0: John is so prolific since we started this report he's written five more books and two incredible. comics incredible incredible I mean he's he's so prolific um but he was asked the question if you were able to change anything about star wars if you were able to take anything away from the literary world of star wars what would that be now John gives his answer and he gives a very thorough explanation listen for a Jimmy Mack in the audience to heckle him after he gives... His, I don't know if heckle is the right word, but I offer a suggestion. A follow-up? A follow-up question. Thank you, Jason, because this was during the Q&A section. So I can't actually qualify this as heckling. I was actually participating. Okay. But um, I make a suggestion about maybe something else they might want to change or remove from the literary world of Star Wars. And if you're a regular listener to Rebel Force Radio, like many people in the audience were, because they came up to me after the uh, panel was over, they instantly knew it was me. Based on, well, I guess the sound of my voice, but also the nature of my commentary so uh listen closely to this uh john jackson miller clip here he's uh he's uh talking about something that he would take away from the literary world of star wars
6: i already got rid of refreshers <laughs> They're bathrooms now. Well, no, no. Look, the, where that came from is it, it comes from the pulp fiction era of of uh, you know of science fiction the nineteen forties nineteen fifties nineteen sixties where they thought the way to make something seem otherworldly was to take a regular Earth op- object like a book and say oh well this is a this is a pulpitron five thousand or something like that in order to make it sound strange. So instead of Elevators, we got turbo lifts, and instead of instead of uh, instead of uh, you know uh, bathrooms, we get refreshers, and all that does is it just makes it harder for somebody who's starting to read for the first time harder for them to know what the heck is going on. And honestly, Star Wars needs no help seeming otherworldly. I think the Wookies do that for us. <laughs>
1: I always thought the fresher sounded like the crisper part of your fridge
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> and you don't want to get those two things confused. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of calf while you're at it. Yeah.
6: It stayed. Yeah. It, no, it, sta- it stayed. It, 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 the problem is anything that's got a, a, it, that has either like the name of a region on earth in it or a plant that's on earth or something like that, you can't have that in there. We don't have earthquakes, we have ground quakes. Uh, you, you you know they're they're sensitive to that.
3: Okay, but that still doesn't explain why calf remains. <laughs> no, no, earthquakes, ground quakes, whatever. I mean, he's dead, right? I mean, that that certainly is a convention that is a, a something that authors have used for a long time. But I've always felt that that's when that starts to cross into sci-fi territory. It's moving away from the fantasy. It's wor- moving away from some of the grounding. That the Star Wars stories uh, maintain as films, so I don't think that those are necessarily the, uh, you know, the the the, the best uh, the best model to follow necessarily. And it sounds like they are making some progress as far as that's concerned. Um, all right, before we uh, wrap things up officially here, I do want to take a moment out. And thank our friends at Dorkside Toys. The best prices on the web for Star Wars collectibles and more. Look no further than Dorkside Toys. They do have a special for Rebel Force Radio listeners that listen up. If you love the Funko Pops, and who doesn't love the Funko Pops? You can get 25% off. Select in stock Funko items right now if you use promo code POP25. That's P-O-P-25 when you check out. And if that wasn't enough, they've got the brand new Marvel Legends 6-inch Civil War figures finally available to order. And uh, don't miss the other big deal, $12.99 for the Star Wars Black Series Flame Trooper. He is available. Also, you may have seen the Takadana Encounter. This is the uh, four or five pack of action figures from The Force Awakens, including the first ever Maz Kanata action figure that's available to uh, order right now, so uh, make sure you check out uh, rebelforceradio.com and look at the Dorkside banner, click on there, and boom, like hyperspace, you're right there ready to shop, and we thank them so much of their support, of us here at Rebel Force Radio. Before we uh, say goodbye, Jim, you got a voicemail for us? I sure do. Let's see what is in the inbox.
5: Greetings, exalted ones. Hello, Rebel Force Radio. gentlemen. Thank you very much for all that you do, enjoying the podcast as I work through the uh, New York City snowstorm here. Just wanted to say hello and thank you with a quick question as well. For coming up in the future, Rogue One, it's been announced that uh, Darth Vader will play a better, a uh, more uh, role in the movie than uh, had originally been planned, some sort of uh, action scenes as well. Uh, hopefully we'll have James Earl Jones's voice, of course, That goes without question, but my next question about this is that, do you think that they will maybe possibly, if you can take the ego hit of never being actually seen on screen by, you know, the face, the costume underneath being Hayden Christensen playing Darth Vader in Rogue One, but never, of course, you know, being seen himself, but being the actual character underneath the costume. I guess that's what I was trying to spit out some way, shape, or form there. Uh, let me know what you think. Maybe talk about it on air. Maybe not. This is Sean o from New York City. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And uh, good luck, and may the force be with you.
3: So, Hayden, under the suit. Uh, Jim, you've mentioned this many times. You... Say that when Hayden was under the suit for the promotional shots of Episode 3, it sticks out like a sore thumb. It doesn't have the girth that a uh, David Prowse or a Bob Anderson had underneath the the suit. I don't need that connection, quite frankly. I really don't. Um, I think that the costume uh, definitely speaks very loudly. Obviously, it'd be great to have James Earl Jones. I'm hoping we do. I would be surprised if it's not, given the fact that he's doing some stuff for Rebels. Um, but I don't need that connection underneath the suit. Not for me. No, not at all. As a matter of fact, I always believe that Hayden lacked definitely the
0: the frame to make a convincing Darth Vader. He was definitely nowhere close to Dave Prowse in his prime. And uh, they, they compensated for Hayden by giving him extended shoulder pads that, that went out from beyond his arms. You can clearly see, if you look at the original trilogy, Darth Vader, that Dave Prouse and Bob Anderson, for that matter, he, they had the shoulder uh, pads would, 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 what's the word? They wouldn't flare out mm-hmm. from the shoulders. Mm-hmm. They would, there was a gap.
3: Well, it's, no, there was a gap on Hayden's.
0: There was a gap on Hayden's where it seemed like the shoulder pads sort of extended beyond his actual arm. Mm. And, and I think they did that to make his frame look larger and more imposing. I can always tell whether or not it's Hayden in the photo or it's... Dave Prouse or Bob Anderson. Um, most of the, the photos we do see are Dave Prouse from the original trilogy. The action sequences mostly are Bob Anderson. But then when you see those photos of Hayden in the Darth Vader suit from episode three, you can always tell. Number one, it seems like the, the, the trousers are a little loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the shoulder pads extend at least four inches beyond his arm and i think they do that so the drape of the cape makes him look larger than he actually is so i i don't think so hayden christensen and i don't know um uh, there was talk about if his ego can take the blow i don't know i haven't seen hayden christensen in a movie lately if he's in a star wars film it's going to be in one of the all-time box office champs he would jump at the chance with the uh helmet on or not
3: That's going to wrap things up here for us at Rebel Force Radio. By the way, happy Easter to those of you who observe as we uh, release this show on Good Friday. Big thanks to our sponsors, Little Debbie Snack Cakes, Dorkside Toys, and our friends at Tops and the Star Wars Card Trader app. A few reminders, please. Consider becoming a patron and support our efforts here at Rebel Force Radio by going to rebelforceradio.com and clicking on the Patreon link. You can fi- also find us there at patreon.com slash rebelforceradio. The email address, if you like to uh, let us know what you think, that's always welcome. Show at rebelforceradio.com. And the voicemail line, 708-320-1737. That's 708-320-1RFR. You can follow us on Twitter at Rebel Force Radio. Jimmy Mac and I are both on there at Jimmy Mac Radio at Jason Swank, and the Facebook page for uh, breaking news, links to stories, and just plain old great conversation. You can find that just by searching for Rebel Force Radio there on Facebook. And uh, don't forget about our official Rebel Force Radio Facebook group. Even more conversation and uh, good times to be had there. iTunes is still one of the best repositories for podcasts, including Rebel Force Radio. Great place to subscribe and review the shows. Just one rule on those reviews. Make it good. And you can find Rebel Force Radio streaming at WGNPlus.com Stitcher, SoundCloud and at SRSounds.com And just about anywhere else you can find podcasts. We are an official friend of uh, the folks at Wikipedia. Visit the ultimate online Star Wars encyclopedia at wookieepedia.com. You can also find us at uh, jedinews.co.uk, yodasnews.com, and the official Star Wars website, starwars.com. That'll do it. We'll see you next time. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember...
2: The Force will be with you, always.